they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they the, the military. I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable discharge <laughs> knocked us off the air and we're on a backup system now it's the uh, government or i don't know it has to be something though well did you hear now you tell me because you were listening that was awful strange there was a really weird guy on the air when it went off yeah real weird out like uh going sort of sort of sounding paranoid yeah like crying and everything yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and how far into the conversation was it when when it went off? Just a couple, about 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, like you guys missed, you really missed the call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack. It's Abs in a Six-Pack, broadcasting live from East Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, and I've been doing this for a long time. Joined tonight by Mr. Mo Fax. I've been really excited for this. And, uh, dude, you're, uh, you're, you're the best. You're the man. You're like <laughs> the, the podcaster in my book. Anyway, thanks so much for coming to hang tonight. I appreciate that, um, and I'm glad to be here. It's long overdue, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, I think this it, almost to the day the this might be the one year anniversary of when um Grim, we we got double booked with you and Grimerica both booked you on the same night and uh, <laughs> then after that I had to cancel on you and because of unforeseen stuff so it's just been telephone tag but I'm just glad we're finally doing it I even uh I even got a Boondocks ISO that uh, just for you I'm not gay but Mo was a very sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, dude, I have, oh, I'm going to need that one. <laughs> I'm going to swipe that one from you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, no worries. I I'll totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. Granddad uh, has to go to Moe's funeral. <laughs> yeah. Such a good show, dude. But they're, they're uh, 
there's talk of them bringing it back, but since John Witherspoon's dead, there's no granddad. And then like I the hope they don't. I know because the official Boondocks Instagram back during like the measles thing, or maybe it was like early COVID. I don't know, but like they had right. the, the Boondocks Instagram had like stuff like posts of Huey saying like vaccines don't have microchips and like you can't believe things on the internet. It's like Huey wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of like those relaunches of yeah. shows and. You you can't capture the magic. Now, if you want, the only way I like it is if they just redo the movie word for word and, you know, that way. Um, but trying to recapture the energy, I don't think that would be a good idea. It's not yeah. the same. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of shows like that they're going to bring back, like King of the Hill, they're talking about it. Bobby's going to be in college now. I don't know about it. But it could be good. But anyway, man, I have I mean, you could you could do you could do that one though because it's animation, but um Right. right, uh, and, right. and you have um the fact that with Boondocks it was so cultural that I just I don't know, you just can't I mean, I don't think you can capture the same energy. Yeah, and there's um, they just couldn't uh I just it would just <laughs> it'd be too controversial, I think, if they had the same kind of uh message that they did back then but yeah know. that's that's what i mean it's not gonna and i guess what i meant by um I, they're both animation but the fact that one is on like regular television like fox broadcast television it's, oh, you're it right. was yeah. never it was never edgy as far as um like boondocks was but i'm sure that's not what you wanted to talk about so <laughs> no it's i mean i could i i love cartoons boondocks is the closest thing i can get to anime too like <laughs> My friends love anime. I, I can't get into it. But some, I never. I, I guess I missed that. I miss. I guess I was generation before anime. I never really got into that. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, man. I have. I've got so many different things I've wanted to pick your brain about. Um, and your show with Adam just like gets more impressive with every episode. So there was a couple things in the. Um, of course, like the the archons that, and uh, I love that you brought um, some David Ike type stuff to the show because that was great. And, uh... <laughs> and I think that's like um, one of the things with so called conspiracy theorists or whatever you, <clears throat> people refer to themselves as that it's that other race of people, right? It's that other like the either it's reptilian or you know archons or possessed or anything like that that kind of ties the whole community together <laughs> and I, yeah. I say that because i remember when i first heard no agenda and they were start talking about reptile people i was like well this is this is a podcast for <laughs> <Yes>. me <laughs> right so <laughs> it's just but i think at the same time that's the mo that's the hardest hurdle for people to accept um, that 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 there may be another race of people, right? I mean, that's that's the heart. That's um, or that's that a they hard aren't even, to swallow, or that they aren't even people. They're just posing as people. Yeah, right. And and I don't know if people. One of the things early on that impressed that upon me, it was a movie called Arrival, and I think it had um, Charlie Sheen was in it, I believe. Uh, I can and. And basically, what the the premise was that there was this group of people <laughs> that were like uh, being uh, suited up and 
right across the border from Mexico. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like, you know, the irony of an illegal alien and, you know, a space alien. But yeah, and it, and it was like, okay. As a young kid, I think it came, it came out in like early 90s. That was like, that's believable. You know, and they really liked it hot. So I guess that was the premise for uh, Global Warming or whatever. It's a pretty interesting oh, yeah. film. And and the one of the seminal points of it was uh, Charlie Sheen. If it's a great actor, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you're, I, I, got the, I got Sheen. the Wikipedia book of knowledge. The Arrival with Charlie Sheen, 19, 1996. So. So I I was, yeah, so I, yeah, so I was 16 then. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought it was, okay. Anyway. At the end, though, Charlie Sheen had this little boy. It's not to spoil it. If you haven't heard it, you might want to stop it now <laughs> but, or skip forward. But at the end of the movie, Charlie Sheen's sidekick, who was this little black kid, was one of the alien race. And their knees were inverted from ours. So his legs, like, kind of cracked back, and he takes off running across the field. And that just kind of stuck with me, like, that's pretty believable. And then <laughs> we start again. <laughs> we start getting to the truther community, you know, or into the, you know, conspiracy or whatever. I don't think it's that, you know, per se a reptile, but what I like to ask people is pose this question to them. What is the reptilian brain, right? That's the primitive brain. Are they like a primitive version of humans? You know, like think of it in that way, or are they reptilian because they're cold blooded, like literally cold and emotionless. I mean, like, think about think about it that way, and not just like green lizard people. Um, and I think it's it makes it easier to like at least accept the fact that it may be a reality, which we none of us know. <laughs> but right. I, think I, I do love all the uh, the mashup compilations of like Katy Perry's eyes look in this frame; they're like little slits for a second. <laughs> all that stuff. I, I, but if you remember the the TV show V. Of course, I wasn't born yet. It was the '80s, but uh, like it, it's literally there were lizards pretending to be humans, like an alien race of lizards. But the 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 best way I've come to understand it is interdimensional, or a kind of simplified way was in one of the great, probably one of the best documentaries of all time, John Carpenter's "They Live," where he puts on the glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I mean by reptilian, because your reptilian brain makes calculations, right? Um, that's what the whole amygdala is. <laughs> it's part of that reptilian brain that um, it makes the decisions like the fight or, fri- or fight or flight, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. those decisions. And if that's the only brain you operate off of, you can rationalize taking out 95% of the um, population. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, think about like, well, we either we all die or five percent survive, or one percent survives, and if they have that kind of brain, that's how they can get to that point of like, oh well, yeah, ninety five got to go. It's like, yeah, the whole eugenics and everything behind that is like so cold and um. To me, it seems like yeah, inhuman exactly, and it seems like um. The way I've looked at it, and I, I love how we're just we're, we're already getting into the woos. Get the right woo into it. it. Yeah, so, but the way <laughs> I look right. at it is uh, more like, like a demonic false, like kind of like honestly how Alex Jones talks about it, how it's like a like these people are not freaking human. The ancients talked about it. 
These people right. are demons. It's like not quite, I don't go quite that far, but it does seem like they're getting like an interdimensional transmission that's saying just kill everybody and set up a world government. That seems like it's happening, like uh, and has happened throughout all of history. You know, like the Bible says, "Give not your children to the fires of Moloch," and uh, don't don't practice pharmakia because it gets you with the evil spirits. And uh, allegedly, I can attest that there seem to be contact with entities on the right amount of uh, anthogens or hallucinogens or whatever you want to call them. Mm. Like David Icke was talking to me about that on ayahuasca when he did that, which I haven't done, but it seems like you can access that But that's like that kind plane. of like the veil, right? That's the, that's the veil. Right? right. Maybe we're living in that space right now, but we're I always liking it to children, right? It's acceptable for children of, of, of a certain age to talk to something. <laughs> and it's okay. It's like, okay, yeah, they're, and it's, what are they seeing? <laughs> you know, do do we uh do, does our veil get formed as we begin gain consciousness? You know, think think about it that way, right? Right? Because and then as as people get older and go back into basically another form of childhood, as you get when you get into to the end years of your life, they start to see things, right? Again, so it's like, are we just <laughs> like just accepting? Okay, this is reality. And I think you may pierce that when you take those um, mind-altering drugs. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, it kind of like opens up like a portal like Mario, right? <laughs> you yeah. go down that pipe and it's a whole nother world. <laughs> it's a whole nother world going on. And I, like I said, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I just like to... One thing I like to do is um, rationalize conspiracies and try to figure out, okay, um, seek first to understand, then to be understood, right? So what... What would make make a person say, okay, yes, it's okay to kill off ninety percent of the population? Uh, well, there's a. It, it seems like uh, like people like Bill Gates might have been bred that way from birth, which kind of takes you back to like the royal inbreeding and all this uh, all this stuff where it's like you know superior race Aryanism. They were into like. It will, and you know, China, I guess, kind of modern day hit the same thing, don't they? Want the whole world to be Chinese, essentially, right? But it's it's deeper than just like nationality, right? We're talking right. about bloodlines and getting rid of everybody I, they else. Look at us; they look at us as different, and it's like, oh, because that's why you can be like graduate into their ranks, right? They they take people in, uh, even if nothing but it be puppets for them. But it's like, okay, you add value to society, and it's a real cold Thanos snap kind of thing. Mm. Like if half the world got to go, man, I mean, it, but they're looking at it to save the whole world. And that's where they're flawed at. Right. Is that they think they can have control over that. And that's what's where they're really misguided at. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating um, topic, but then you can understand like we all have a little bit in that, right? Uh, in that, in, of that in us, right? That right. where if it's Just between me and you, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's between me and you, or that, and that's what we try to conquer with um, becoming enlightened, or if you want to say belief or whatever else is conquering that. Uh, better to give than receive, putting people before yourself, that kind of thing. So I think on a spiritual level, that's what we're trying to conquer is that reptilian in all of us. I mean, because we, if that's what you want to call that portion of the brain, obviously, 
we have a very selfish and um what do I want to say self-serving yeah. piece of our personality <laughs> yeah and um, we go ahead I was just gonna say like if you put and if you, yeah you can relate to it in just the human selfishness and the tendencies of you know fallen man if you want to put it like that but also like metaphysically karmically it seems like there's um first of all if you just openly tell everyone what you're doing it seems like mm-hmm. they believe the elites believe that that absolves you of some kind of the debt metaphysically like uh when bill gates says we're going to use vaccines to lower the population he's kind of telling you right up front what he's doing uh, i mean i don't think they're very i don't think they're very uh secretive right about how they're going to do it i think it's the why <laughs> and the how is very clear it's it's like uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard 61 or not it was very clear yeah, uh, oh, yeah. smarter oh, yeah. families get the less kids they have yep yeah and I, and then they're, you it, they're almost justified in a way and i've talked about this on earlier shows but i mean put yourself in their shoes it's like if you're dumb enough to let us kill you then like you know Darwin, like the you know Darwinian evolution, that, kind of dictates that you need to die. my bell at exactly? Yeah, where's <laughs> so, my bell? That's that's like exactly, you, and that's how they look at it. Is that we'll we're be telling fewer, you we're killing stronger. you, and you're going and you're letting <laughs> us do it. You deserve to die. And if you've seen the movie Idiocracy, um, it's kind of a, a way to prevent that scenario, the idiocracy scenario, where if <laughs> I mean 500 years in the future. Everybody is so dumb because the smart people didn't breed and the really low IQ dumb people just kept fucking. And now you have this guy wakes up 500 years in the future out of a military experiment cryo chamber and he's just an average guy. And now he's the smartest guy in the world. And I think that's what they're trying to stop. Yeah, exactly. I really think that's what they're trying to stop. Get is, rid of the dumb people. It kind of makes sense. In a, in a, in a godlike way. And that's why they have a God complex, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we have to intervene because if we don't, and if you think about it, smarter families are smaller families. Or as you, if you want to judge it by just academic, uh, academic achievement, uh, you, you hardly ever see a, you know, uh, um, a family of, I mean, a, a couple of like, just say graduate, PhD level, um, accolades and ag- education having 10 kids that's just yeah. not com- I mean, you're saying that's just not common mm-hmm. um whereas you may have you know a, a working class family uh with I mean, we're judging we're not judging intelligence we're t- judging academic uh achievement um they may be working class but have six seven kids so they're like well we're going to be outnumbered and overtaken but I think what they're doing, and this is where they're short-sighted at, you're scaring the shit out of the smart people, and they're scared to have kids. Excuse my language. I don't know if I could. I don't know. If I no, trust me. That's, it's going <laughs> to no, be I'm hard just, to beat I, yeah, some just, of the stuff you've aired on this show. <laughs> as far as No, I, I just wanted to make sure, but you language. understand what I'm saying? They're yeah, looking yeah, no, at, like, um, if we don't, they're, they're scaring the ideal people that should be having children not to have children with the propaganda they're using, like, uh, don't have kids, the world's coming to an end. So mm-hmm. people are like, well, I- I'll do my part <laughs> and not have children. It's like, no, no, we that's the kind of people that we want to have children. You know, it, but that's that's where it backfires at. Um, 
it, it was like I said, it's very fascinating their their motive or what their perceived motive is to be, and that is to, I think, save the world. They think I genuinely think they think they're going to save the world. I think maybe on lower levels, but it seems like there's a dark force at the higher levels where they just want everybody dead, and so they can just ascend to a higher plane. I don't know. It's you get into speculation city when you get uh, this far into it, but maybe, no. but I guess we could, but right. if we could backtrack just a little bit and talk about, because uh, things are coming to a head. Like the next five years are looking like they're going to be pretty tumultuous and uncertain. Uh, I know you talked about in the latest show the mark of the beast, the vaccine passport. I've been that's something I've been trying to. Uh, Shit, for 10 years, I've been trying to like talk to people about that. And most of them are, some of them are on the same page as me. But then some people are like, have always said, oh, that's crazy. That'll never happen. And now that it's happening, they're like, oh, this is a good thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, it's I wanted to ask people, you, like, I think it's because people play checkers and don't play chess. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that, you know what I'm saying? Literally, what I mean is that they can't see. I always use the Uber uh, example. They couldn't see that, okay, they want to bring in self-driving cars to eliminate uh, passenger, I mean, um, uh, human-driven dri- passenger cars, say taxis, for instance. They couldn't come in with self-driving cars and put taxis out of business, right? Because people just re- revolted to that. It's like, oh, I, don't, I don't, that's not cool. <laughs> so what they did was they said, okay, let's create Uber. Uber yeah. drivers come in, destabilize the cabbies, and then what they're going to do is take the drivers out of the cars. That's two, three, four steps to get to that point. And if you told people, hey, you know, they're going to have cars that drive people around, and that's the only way you're going to get around, then people like, they can't get their head around it until it gets up on them, right? And it's like, oh, oh, I can see that. They can't make those three or four step. Um, they can't discern it. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right, and uh, yeah, I guess that's that. I guess that lends to how the show works. Um, the, you know, uh, the show with me and Adam Curry. The way that works is we show from step to step to step to step to step to step. You know, where you can't, <laughs> you know, there's no mental leap that needs mm-hmm. to be had. Um, yeah, yeah, and you, the, what so, you guys I have mean, been that, doing, I think, is. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I could spend. Uh, I could spend a half hour just talking about how much I love MoFax with Adam Curry, but I really do think, like, not kissing your ass. I seriously think that that show is the like important podcast of of today. I haven't found one that really reached is like because people it, when you share no agenda with somebody, it's hard for them to get into it. But you got the show you do with Adam has actually been a really useful resource to kind of introduce people to these ideas that wouldn't necessarily be open to them also. And like I said, and that's the, <laughs> it's an example like what they were saying in 61, the last episode, the doctor was saying you have to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and, and truthers do it too. Shaming. Oh, you're just stupid. You're just too stupid to see. Oh, you, you know, you're just a sheep, blah, blah, blah. You know, that I've been kind guilty of thing. that. <laughs> right. Well, we all been guilty of it, right? <laughs> it's that, mm-hmm. cause you're, but you're, it's out of a good place. Uh, your motives are in the right place. You want people to uh, not use fluoride toothpaste and, you know, those kind of things. But when you just come at people so harsh, it just, it, it, 
that flight of fright. I mean, excuse me, uh, fight of uh, flight, fight flight thing kicks in, and their it kicks in their brain, right? I, it's like yeah. so you're trying to say, uh, <laughs> so you're trying to say there's a race of people out there that's trying to eliminate all human, uh, most of humans, uh, <laughs> uh, civilization. Yeah, if if you start with that, what you, people are not going to uh, probably respond very well. You got to that's a dip. You got to dip their toes into the pool and show them it's warm in here. <laughs> The water ain't that cold. Ask them, ask them questions. Yeah. But it, I, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is, and you, t- you did kind of touch on it on the last episode, but ways to navigate, and it, this is something Dean Reiner's been talking about on Up Is Down, and I've been kind of privately messaging him and some other people just asking, like, pra- the practicality of, print, like, at what point are friends and family a lost cause? And at what point, not only that, do they become a liability and it could be a danger to you and your family if they're starting to rat you out for not getting this vaccine or if they turn you... I mean, I don't know a lot of people that what? I think would do that, but I at least know a couple people that I wouldn't even be surprised if they, like, called the cops because I they later on and, you know, a year down the road, they find out I have, you know, more than four people at my house or we're not social distanced or whatever. I don't think it'll get to that point. I hope you're right. And I, I think the greatest tool of these so-called people that we would do uh, the elite or ruling class or whatever you want to call them. Uh, let's just, you know, bring it back for a second. Just say there's a ruling class of people and their greatest tool is fear. It's not actually what they do to you. It's fear. They motivate you out of fear. They can't make you really do anything, right? I mean, what? Are you, I mean, even if they come and throw you in jail, right, and say, "Okay, yeah, you didn't take the jab, you're in, you're in jail," they still can't make you do it. You know, um, so I would say, have a plan. <laughs> uh, if you're going to take it, not going to take it, have a plan in place. Um, what can they take from you? Um, but I don't think they're. That, I don't think they're going to clap. One thing I think I mean, I've never really talked about this. I, I think me and I brushed on it before, but what is the mind state of the people that run this world? And it's not sheer force, right? I mean, it could be easily, right? I mean, that'd be easy. It's the um, they got to the convince seduction. you. They got to convince you you want it. Yeah, right. That's that's what right. It's like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, right? Right. Could, I mean, he could have overpowered uh, Eve, or if you want to just just take it, you know, saying for as it's written, he could have, you know, saying by force, forced her to eat it. But it was like they plant these ideas in your mind. It's like okay, um, and then they slowly start to dial back, you know, make things difficult to the point where you're like, oh man, I want to go to the baseball game, but I can't. Oh, I want to go to the football game, but I can't. Oh, you know, it's like it's not going to be like oh. Are you vaccinated or not? It's, not, it's going to be a whole bunch of red tape you got to go through if you're not vaccinated, right? They're not going to get to that point, I don't think, in our lifetime. And I just don't think that's the way it works because I think these people are run this this <laughs> set up by Fabian socialism, right? Incrementalism, really, like the classic frog right. in the water thing, yeah. They they test the boundaries. It's like, okay, let's see. Are they ready for this yet? Um Oh, no, 
but it's, we made, you know, made two inches, you know, <laughs> we went, we shot for a foot, you made two inches. Okay. We'll back it down. We'll dial it down. You go out to sleep and then they'll stress test. Right. And then it's okay. We made two more inches, that kind of thing to the point where it's like, um, that's the way they, they want you to want it. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. not, like I said, it's not bad enough that they, you know what I'm saying? They provide these options. It's like, see, Yep. Human nature kicks in. I knew you were that way. See, I, and you're definitely right, but like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if people that I know who aren't dumb people, but just trust the system a ton. I wouldn't be surprised if in my lifetime, I'm only 26. Mm -hmm. If if in my lifetime, I know people that have gotten the microchip or the Bill Gates nano tat nano dot tattoo that he patented with MIT and IBM or whatever. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if that, I know people that would probably take it tomorrow. Not a lot, but um, I don't know. And and then even if like, you know, you and I and everybody in between our age is dead mm-hmm. before it happens, you still got to think about like our kids and grandkids. At some point, they'll get there, seems like. So you're 26? Yeah. I remember me at 26. And it was like, so yeah, 21. Yep. That's when 9-11 happened in the next four or five years. It was just like the veil lifted. So, okay. Yeah, so 26, yeah. I know where you're at. And it's once you go through a full cycle of it, you know, I think I look at like 9-11 to now, it's like a full cycle. <laughs> We're right back at the same thing again, right? A, ma- a massive fear operation, you know, to you know, indoctrinate another generation, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's that's kind of what it is. It's like, okay, next big thing. You know, I mean, if you talk to talk to me in two thousand and and one, I would have been like, oh man, it's like, you know, this group is gonna come in and take over, blah blah, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, no, we just want to be able to surveil you. <laughs> now go back to sleep. And then this is just another level of surveillance, right? It's like, oh, we want to be able to know who you're next to, where you're going, where you've been, mm-hmm. where you're coming from. And it's like, okay, cool. So we can sell you more stuff you don't want to have that you yeah. can't afford to put you in debt, which makes you a slave. We're voluntary but the, slaves. But then also, <laughs> if you're like are. a that if if you're like somebody who's you know might be an actual threat, like you might be a guy that's like about to give some uh, information to. Julian Assange and then, you know, two bullets to the back of the head or, you know, or they can just lock you up, you know, through the Patriot Act. But, I mean, that's the thing now. They, they, don't even, they don't even have to lock you up anymore. Now they just discredit you. Right. That's true, too. Yeah. I mean, where and that's something I've always said from day one with once they started hyping up these deep fakes, because like uh-huh. right around the time Epstein first got arrested or not first got arrested, but got arrested and then died in jail, like before he died in jail. Like Obama and Soros and Hillary and all these people were coming out on TV. I think the Bush, George Bush, might have too, and warning about deep fakes, like all this deep fake stuff. They're like, "Oh, it's we got to be on the lookout for deep fakes," and it correlated with the Epstein thing. So they've done a really good job of just blurring the lines of reality, and and nobody knows what to believe. I mean, I have a hard time. I don't. I know certain things I believe. That's, but there's... The, that's the mind screw. That yeah. that in itself is the mind screw. Um, that when you like, okay. It... 
<laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm I'm throw this out here. Uh, uh, what was it called? Transvestigation. <laughs> oh, is this the? Is this the? If, okay, let me guess what transvestigation is because I don't think I've heard this term. But with uh, when Alex Jones was pulling up pictures of Michelle Obama, going like, "What's that? A roller quarter in her pants right there?" Is that well, what that? Would well, be? it was just it was just the, basically that every Hollywood actress is a man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or most of them. Okay, I guess. And right it's, what I'm just saying is, if they start having you look at, if you're, uh, say, a super straight heterosexual male, and you look at an uh, 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 actress, and you're like, wait, <laughs> you're saying like, oh, well, it's a man, and then you drift back off in the cognitive distance, you're like, oh, well, she is hot. And it's like, oh, oh wait, it's a man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that screws with your, but that's what they're doing, right? That's yeah. what they're doing with everything. It's like, no, it's a lie, and then like, Three days later, well, it was technically the truth, and it's like, <laughs> it's it's like, what are you doing to me here? So that's why you have to kind of have a filter for it, or have a counterbalance to it. Where that's why I say my catch line is: pay attention to everything; the truth reveal itself. If you're gonna get into it, look at all sides of it, and then make a decision for yourself. That's the only way you you have to counterbalance the the propaganda, right? With counter propaganda, it's like okay, well, here's that little gap where none of them talked about. Maybe that's where the truth is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or where they or where they agree. Like you lay them on top of each other, overlapping. It's like, well, this is where they agree on, so this is the direction they want me to go in. Yeah, <laughs> man. Right? As far I mean. The- they- <laughs> As far as the transvestigation thing goes, I only have eyes for Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, baby. No, I'm just no. What I'm saying is, <clears throat> um, I just use that as an example of. No, I guess exactly. The back what you're and saying. forth mentally, the back and forth mentally that you're wrestling with yourself. Like, is that true? Is that false? You know, is that is it? You know, um. You know, like, is it a double take? But it was, is, it, is it a triple take? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, so yeah. if it's a triple take, it's not a double take at all. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to think so, of another example of of something like that where I I go back and forth on it trying to figure out if it's well, real. Not, not but now I'm just thinking about thing, Caitlyn right? Jenner and the uh, Kanye White House, which would have been awesome. You're right. <laughs> uh, um, you got a, what else? You got a flat earth, the same thing. It's like. Right, yeah. I have friends the that moon are all landing. That. <laughs> Oh, the moon landing was, well, what we saw was fake. I don't know about if they've actually been or not, but yeah. No, but look at how you just couched that, a, though, because you said you couched it in a way. You just did it. You're right. But what we saw was definitely fake. I think that's undeniable. No, but you acknowledged that there was something that was real there. Well, maybe. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think I'm pretty confident. But we all, but we all do it, blood. right? We, we, we all hedge our bets. And that's, it's like nobody believes anything anymore. It's like, well, that could be, but, and then we hedge our bets. And that's where they want us right at, stuck in the middle. It's like, nobody's, um, just go back to the vaccine thing. What the hedge, the hedge of the bet there is what? I would take it, but I want to see more people take it first. Yeah. No, a good way, you're not going to take it, but it's like, to satiate people, <laughs> it's yeah. like you have to give them something, and and that's where I think that's where they want to say it. Where, where, where we're not. Um, I don't know if you're a believer or not, but now I don't like to bring it up a lot. But one of the verses says, um, "A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways." 
And that's where they want us at. They want us double-minded. Hmm. I'm not familiar with that first. That's I like that. Though. Yeah, it, yeah, but that's what, if we're, we're double-minded, then we're unstable. I have a... I'm not going to name names or out anybody, but I have some friends um, that are real Christian uh, churchgoers. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of them's an engineer, real smart guy, and he... Uh, he doesn't really want to talk to me anymore because he's, this is a, a weird thing. But the other day, like, cause we were talking about Mark of the Beast stuff. And as soon as I compared it to the vaccine passport, he just shut me down and was like, I can't go down these rabbit holes. And he said, uh, that conspiracy theory culture he believes is demonic. That it's like the devil tricking people and stuff. And I just thought that was, you see the double cross. Yeah. I thought <laughs> that was exposing of the exposing of, Demonic forces is demonic. Yeah. I mean, it took me aback because I just never heard that idea <laughs> wow. before. But it, yeah, he's, he, I mean, we just basically agreed not to talk about it anymore. And I, he still don't want to talk to me. But I mean, it's a guy I've gone to church with for, you know, I've known, I haven't seen hmm. him a lot recently, but I've known him probably, you know, 12 years, 13 years. And, uh, and I had another friend. This would actually crack me up. He, uh, he believes that chemtrails are real and that they spray the skies to keep people docile, but no vaccine is bad or used for anything bad. And I just, <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you work both those things together in your mind? You know? Right. So I just, um, hold one second. Can you pause it right here? Or are we live? Yeah. We're, I mean, it's, we're live, but I can, we can take a break. I can always, you know, thank you for your courage. Take All right, I'll be right back. I need to close the door before it gets kind of loud. Oh, okay. yeah, no Sorry worries, man. That. No worries. All right. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Yeah, Adam Curry has spoiled me with his super sound gate, so <laughs> I didn't know if it was, ble- it was bleeding or not. His his gate is crazy. The fact that he can filter Dvorak speakers out just blows my mind because when I had right, David... Right? <laughs> I had David Icon and... That, he was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't own a pair of headphones, mate." And I was like, "Oh, geez." So I did. I had to <laughs> record and multi-track and do a lot of editing of my own voice out of the. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry yeah. about that, but yeah, um, yeah, but that's I think that's the, that that it's the yeah, being double-minded. You're unstable, and I don't mean that like on a spiritual level, but if you're just uncertain about anything, right? That's kind of like the textbook definition of anxiety. Is that back and forth of, oh, well, something happened. Well, uh, well, I should go. Well, something might happen. That kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that they want us in a conscious state of being anxious uh, and unstable. So, I mean, cause, uh, and it's kind of bad because the truth, man, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a heavy weight when you, when you start to get into some things you thought you knew all your life. And they start to become upside down. That's a that's a vulnerable place for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think uh, through in in one aspect or another, everybody is there has been, has been there and probably will be there multiple times. Whether it's uh, you know political beliefs, religious beliefs, uh, just I mean, I went through that with just about the nature of reality and how everything works. You have like a you know. What's it called? A midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. I was used. To, I used to joke when I was fifteen. I would always make the joke. It's like I'm gonna be. I want to. I don't want to live past thirty. So I hit my midlife crisis when I'm now when I'm fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But no, I have a, you actually kind of, I rang the bell er, early on because you uh, touched on something that uh, is my, my theory, well, not my theory, but um, a lot of people's theories for why certain people are not open or receptive to uh, critical thinking or just having the uh, the mainstream ideas or the cable news ideas that they believe challenged. And uh, yeah, I ring the bell when you hit on it. But um, just to, uh, I'm going to play a clip just to kick it off, and I have some clips about it. And you, you'll okay. probably already know where I'm going with this, but uh, have you seen Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb? I don't believe so. Okay, it's like a early, I don't even know when it came out, early 60s probably, uh, okay. black and white film. And uh, this is a clip from that just to, just in case you don't know where I'm about to go with this. Mandrake. Yes, Dad? Have you ever seen a commie drink a glass of water? Well, yeah, I, I can't say I have, Jack. <laughs> Vodka. That's what they drink, isn't it? Never water? Well, I... I believe that's what they drink, Jack, yes. On no account will a commie ever drink water, and not without good reason. Oh, uh, yes. I, um... can't quite see what you're getting at, Jack. Water. That's what I'm getting at, water. Mandrake? Water is the source of all life. Seven-tenths of this Earth's surface is water. Why do you realize that... 70% of you is water? Oh, God. And as human beings, you and I need fresh, pure water to replenish our precious bodily fluids. Yes. Are you beginning to understand? Yes. Mandrake. Mandrake, have you never wondered why I drink only distilled water or rainwater and only pure grain alcohol? Well, it, it, it did occur to me, Jack, yes. Have you ever heard of a thing called fluoridation? Fluoridation of water? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I have heard of that, Jack, yes. yes. Well, do you know what it is? Do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face? Token play a dead game, soldier! Sir Spencer, uh, Sir Spencer That's there. Nice shooting, soldier. <laughs> yeah. Sir Spencer there brought up in the chat. It's, uh, 1964 when that came out Kubrick was dialed in and maybe helped fake the moon landing they say but uh <laughs> he did it with eyes wide shut as well right right yeah yeah re really good movie yeah, yeah. I, I have to see that one yeah but yeah even with the fluoridation or even with the water period I'm a lot of educated people know but they still a lot of people don't even drink water for God's sake I mean let yeah. alone drink fluoridated water but dude our I, water filter stopped working a couple days ago and I'll be honest, I drank the tap before I got got me uh, some Fiji water and some bottled water from the store. But even it's it's in that too, isn't it? I mean, you really, the only way to do I it knows. is filter it that's out. A, that's what I mean. That, 
You have to get those gravity are filters kind of, that are proven to filter out the fluoride and whatever else. Right. I have well water, so I don't think there's fluoride in there. <laughs> but yeah, no fluoride, but you got the atrazine uh, that turns the frogs gay in there, probably. <laughs> right. So, uh, can you filter that out? So, I mean, you said something a while ago. You said why people don't want to uh, think, I believe you said, don't want to think. Yeah, essentially something like that. Um, yeah, I just think people don't want to, you said deep, I think deeply you said critical thinking, complex, critical thinking, that's what you said. I don't think people want to think at all. It's definitely easier. That's why technology, that's why technology is so seductive to us. Yeah. I'm sometimes I just think back now, like, like, wow, how, like, how did my granddad and dad like used to have to, I remember my dad used to have to balance the checkbook, right? (laughs) And that was that was an event on like a Saturday. He had like do it like every other Saturday or once a month, and just getting all. And this is when we first had ATM, so you had to collect all the receipts and you sit down with your balance book and you know those kind of things that now we don't even think about. Oh man, I yeah. I mean, even in even in the in less than a decade, I I used to know probably at least 20 numbers by heart if I needed to dial somebody. But once I got a smartphone, um, which wasn't till I was about 18, it only took a couple years for me. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know my, I, I don't even barely know my own number. I know it, but it took me a while. I don't know my wife's number. I don't know my best friend's number. I don't know the place that my employer's number. I just like, I used to be really like memorized a decent amount of numbers. Once I got that smartphone, it just has their name. You never need to look at the number. It's, it's like the yeah. yeah technology has just <clears throat> it's too easy. It's made everything too easy. Right. If you just go down like the timeline of a modern person, there's very little thinking in it. Right. It's just that you wake up in the morning to a playlist. Right. <laughs> and, and, and then you get dressed by you know something that came to you in a box. I mean, look how we buy things now. It's just like no thinking. Right, you put your box clothes on. What I mean by it is these like monthly clubs or whatever that just they mail you all your clothes. Like mom, like would go shopping, uh, pick out your shoes and match your pants and match your shirt. You put that on. You go to go to work either on public transportation or Uber or whatever. Somebody no thinking process in that. Then you go to work and you do what you're told at work or what is expected of you. You get out of work and then you, you know go to the gym and follow a workout plan <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, that kind of thing. And then you come home and you eat something else to send to you in a box. Uh, these like blue apron or whatever get ups. And then you go to bed to a playlist and yeah. then Netflix tell you what you want to watch. <laughs> it's like you went a whole 24 hours without thinking. It's easy to be on autopilot, man. You know, they, uh, it's who knows what studies are right. Cause every, every time there's a study, another one comes out saying that a study the opposite of the other study, but there's been a bunch of studies supposedly on if like to prevent Alzheimer's, try to drive a different way to work every day. So it, without GPS, so that you're not <clears throat> on a, on just like on autopilot because doing the same routine of, you know, day in and day out, it's, mm-hmm. it's causes degenerative brain diseases. And I, and I believe it because in your mind you have a spatial map, right? I mean, even in the town you grew up in, you kind of can, if you think about how would I get from point A to point B, um, you have like a map in your brain, like, okay, I would take this street, that street. You can kind of see all the turns, right? 
uh, at least getting back home. I, I mean, that's I think that's just hardwired in us from uh, many, 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 many you know uh, years on this place, face this earth. So if you start to even lose that, Jesus Christ, it's like <laughs> you have to be told to turn, and and then like, what do you? What do you think? I mean, like, like I said, and don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-technology because I think technology is a beautiful thing that makes things more efficient. It can be a force multiplier to your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Just look at Google, for instance. Um, if you wanted to do a, like the amount of research and clips and stuff we find, and you know those kind of things, if we had to do that with uh, <laughs> with the car catalog, <laughs> oh god, and yeah. microfiche, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it enables us to think. And that goes back to these daggone elite again. They're like, well, we gave them everything. And if they want to play Candy Crush, really? <laughs> we gave you the power of NASA in your palm of your hands when they supposedly landed on the moon? On, on, landed on the moon. You yep. have it in your hands. And you play Candy Crush? And you think you, just, <laughs> you deserve to procreate? You're absolutely right. Uh that's why I said we have to empathize. I mean, because you seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we could do better as a human race, right? Um, all of us, by giving a little thought to your, you know, your process. Um, maybe I don't need those Oreos in, in one day from uh, Amazon so somebody could take a piss break. I mean, like, come on. I mean, like, come on. Let's start thinking here, people. Yeah. Sorry, I went on it. President Camacho Macho. Sorry. (laughs) I think if you put plants on the water, they'll grow. I know. Water, like out the toilet? Just put toilet water on a plant? Maybe this this is a stupid question, and there's a simple answer to it. I just never bothered looking to it, but I ponder this often the time. But why is nobody thinking about how to turn seawater into drinkable water? Like, I mean, like I've I've heard a lot of people ask that question, and I've not heard any reasonable answer. We have Bill Gates trying to use chalk dust to blot out the sun here, and oh, nobody's no. trying to figure out how to take water salt out of water. Oh, I mean, it's like even, this could... it's even better. Have you seen what Bill? We covered this early on on our two pa- two part Bill Gates episode. You seen what he did on Jimmy Fallon, right? No, what he do? I, I missed that. I have the ISO. Okay, okay, yeah. There's it's only the ISO. I don't have the full clip on me, but he goes on Jimmy Fallon. And he's like got this thing he's uh, rolling out where it turns sewage water and poop. He calls it poop water into drinkable water. And he hands Jimmy Fallon two glasses of water. One water is, he's like, this is the regular water. Or he's like, one's regular water and one's the poop water. And I want you to guess which one it is. And there's like a drum roll. Jimmy's drummer does a drum roll. And Jimmy Fallon sips them both. And he goes, I think that one is the poop water. And then Bill Gates goes, it was rigged. He says, it was all, all poop water. It was all poop water. He just made Jimmy Fallon drink poop water on national yeah. television. Slave? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> drink, drink poop water, slave. So, yeah, it's, put, be, but it's, it's even better cause. than, like, instead of turning, like, water from the ocean into drinking water, it's just like, no, we got to, you got to drink shit. <laughs> I, I never understood that whole, I mean, is it something too? Is there some kind of explanation they don't want to tell us why you can't drink seawater? I mean, because. It seems like if you can here, get. You could, I mean, maybe it's just not efficient to get the salt out of it. But is I don't it know. not really what poop is? It's more exactly. efficient to get poop out of water. Than- <laughs> <laughs> I think they just would. Re- I think they want us to suffer. I think that's what it is. Well, they want water to be the new oil. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed. I mean, 
it seems credible to me. I know Adam used to talk about that way back in the day on No Agenda, and Dvorak would always make fun of Adam for it, but the cars that could run on water by splitting the hydrogen and no, oxygen molecules. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact of that it's a, they want to turn it into a precious commodity. It's like diamonds, right? They can they uh, control the amount of diamonds released every year. Diamonds are very plentiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Bears so like Diamond Corporation. The, yeah, we, we just create another commodity. Water's become a commodity. When you, like that clip just said it, seven-tenths of the world is covered by water. Yeah. And we can't figure out how to make it drinkable. <laughs> but you want to blot out the sun with, seriously, this is where we're going with this. Yeah, which I love that, like, we're going to spray bits of aluminum and barium into the atmosphere to block out the sun, which just so happens to be what chemtrails, like, supposedly are and what conspiracy theorists have been saying has been happening for decades. But that's not real. But our new plan that we're going to have just happens to be exactly what we've been saying isn't happening for the last 20 years. It's hilarious. Don't you see how the gaslighting works, though? Yeah. We, like you say, you've been telling your family for 10 years about chemtrails or whatever. I'm not saying you did, but say as troopers been telling this family for 10 years about chemtrails. And then it finally comes out. It's like, oh, no, but we're doing it for good. Yeah. It's like, see, 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 <laughs> see, you were all wrong. You took it all wrong. You know, yeah. that, and it discredits you. <laughs> and then they like, oh, well, we're going to scrap the plan. So I think when they plant these things in the trooper community, that's just like flat earth. And uh, that's another example. It's like, I mean, there's valid arguments for both. I mean, no matter how where how you lean on the topic. But it's like, what does it matter? I'm not leaving Earth. So I mean, yeah. if it's a plane or if it's a ball, who I mean Right. No, you're right. But it, they, the, it, they get us caught on these hamster wheels. It reminds me of that classic South Park episode where um it's all about 9-11 being an inside job and Bush and Cheney did mm-hmm. it and the South Park kids end up finding out that it happened and they escape with the CIA trying to kill him and all this stuff. And then later they end up uncovering that the nine 11 conspiracy theory websites are actually a government conspiracy and the government runs the nine 11 websites, the conspiracy websites to make people think they're more powerful than they are. <laughs> it's like, and we uh, get, like I said, we get one every so often. I think it's like every 20 years, like you had JFK. What was between JFK and nine 11? Like we had, we had to put uh, a finger on that one. Uh, I mean, just, but you see I mean, what I'm saying? Like it's like one of these things. Nothing major. You had like Gulf of Tonkin and MK Ultra and all that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. So I'm just saying like, but then you had like 9-11. Now you have COVID, you know, those kind of things. It's like something that keeps people divided. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it keeps the thinkers busy uh, trying to track down the how instead of the why. You know, or I mean, or you get stuck on the why instead of the how. I mean, those kind of things. It's like. Okay, I see the bigger picture, you know. Um, but like you said, how how do we navigate it now? Now that we know, you know, they're going to restrict our movement, you know, or try to restrict our movement or make it difficult to move by, you know, our vaccination status. How do you work around that? Are you okay with not flying again? Hell, I can get to pretty much where I want to go in a car. Yeah. I have friends live here in Tennessee that have never flown and have no plans to. So, I mean, America's kind of cool that we got kind of everything here that you mm-hmm. would go see anywhere else. But the problem might, might arise <laughs> when they start locking down states in a more permanent well, I fashion. Mean, do, you, like, do you navigate that? It's like, well, oh, move to North Carolina. <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah. at least they, got, they got mountains, beaches, and plains. It's like, okay, well. I mean, that's how we got to start thinking because 
I know it sounds kind of defeatist, but that's how they get you the fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's how you give in when you just like, oh, just screw it. You know, just, okay, give me the jab. You know, I just get it over with, you know, so I can get back to life. And that's where people are at, right? Just want to get back to life. And a lot of people don't even want to take it. They just want to get back. And that's what I talked about on 61 is they just want to feel love again. And I don't know, are you married or? Yeah, and uh, got a kid, got married first kid, kid on the way, man. So I'm, I'm thinking okay, about so all you this got, stuff. I mean, <clears throat> so really being shut in the house with you three, you're cool with that. I mean, it's it's different. It hits different for us than it does with single people. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I was hoping all I'd have to worry about is whether or not I want to circumcise my kid. I didn't want to have to worry about all the vaccines and all that. <laughs> right. But and the other thing I'm just saying is that just think about people that are isolated and single and being uh, social distancing. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, luckily, I have four kids and a wife. I mean, they've been a dog. They keep me pretty busy, you know, <laughs> to where yeah. I'm not really fixating on being alone. But I can empathize with people that are just willing to take the vaccine to say, I just want to get around humans again. You know, and that's a, that's a pretty sick trick they're playing here. And that's what, that's what really rubs me raw is that, that um, aspect of it. And I think they even jumped the shark themselves. I don't think, I think something has them panicked to where um, they don't, I think they know they can only hold off. <laughs> um, you hear people say the term normie. Mm-hmm. It, the normies are going to eventually wake up. And yeah. I think they're going all in just to get compliance. And like, because if not, then it's, it, the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. Yeah. Yeah. I Uncertain times, man. And I'm, I hope you're, you're actually kind of making me more optimistic than I was, at least more optimistic than I was when I woke up this morning. So that's good. That's the only way we survived this yeah. thing, man. I mean, th- seriously. You're right. Cause if, if, and, and that's why I try to have the show upbeat. <laughs> we talk about a lot of, uh, you know, dark topics but it's like yeah now okay now I understood it now how don't I become part of the problem or how can I help somebody out of that problem and thank you for your courage (laughs) you're welcome and if you start (laughs) to take people by uh if you start to take people as one like not sides it's like that lefty that righty you know that that you know that nazi or that you know that uh the antifa that kind of thing we all get caught up in it but it's we don't deal with those people, really. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, and when's the last time you dealt with an Antifa member? Oh, you know, I mean, I, I don't even know if I've ever seen one. I have my friends. You, you see, what it's, <laughs> I got into a conversation early on um, in the Trump presidency. I think it was about like because you never know anybody from Antifa, but you see people you know that are on the left like defending Antifa, saying like, "Well, yeah, like." The memes you saw going around, like in World War II, we we were killing Nazis, so it's okay to punch them. And I just said to my friend, I was like, "Cool, how many Nazis have you punched so far?" I'd love a, a number. Yes, yeah, and, and even <laughs> and, and even to empathize with them, you got to understand, like a lot of those kids, you know, um, 
have received a large amount of propaganda. And then they're told that Marxism or communism, everybody will have an iPhone. And, you know, Ubers are run for free. And, you know, in your DoorDash, it'll come to you for free every day and everything will be beautiful. They don't understand how it works. <laughs> they don't understand that free, it, it doesn't work that way. But in their mind, it's like, oh, well, you know, if he has a trillion dollars, why can't he share his money with everybody else? It's like, uh, don't you realize the people that make the stuff that you want are the ones that have all the money? Yeah. Uh-oh. So... I have, I I know we're kind of on the tail end of the episode. Got about half hour left, but I have some uh, okay some more fluoride clips. If you if I'm if you're cool with banging these out real quick, oh sure. Um, did you happen to see Godzilla versus uh, Kong? That new no, one. No, I out? did not. I it's- did not. I refuse. I refuse. Like I said, <laughs> that irks me. It's see, you're gonna make me rant. I don't want to rant. No, you're good. What's the rant? That is the proof that we don't think anymore. How in the hell is it that we have all this amazing technology and we can't come up with our own movies? Oh yeah, I mean it was a fun it movie, perfect? but it's not—it's not anything groundbreaking. <laughs> it's not—it's no Kubrick film. Yeah, not original at all. But they did have. Well, I, I won't spoil it. Never mind. I was going to give some spoilers. Yeah, don't, but, yeah, no, no, but uh, you get nasty letters. Yeah, but uh, anyways, <laughs> on OBDM they talked about it, and on uh, on No Agenda they you know they played some clips about the the podcaster turns out to be right about the Hollow Earth and like they go down to sub level thirty three and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So I I pulled this clip because I, I was like after hearing all that on OBDM and No Agenda, I was like all right I should watch this movie, and I like kind of dumb monster movies anyways action stuff so. It's not an amazing movie or anything, but this uh, this caught my attention. This clip right here, when they're the podcasters trying to see if he can trust these two people. Mm. Before we go any farther, I've got one question: tap or no tap? No tap. Excuse me, what is tap? Water. They put fluoride in it. Learned it from the Nazis. Theory is it makes you docile, easy to manipulate. Oh, I drink tap water. Yeah, I kind of figured that. Now you want to guess? Uh, you want to guess what the minute mark, the exact minute mark when that uh, clip is from in the movie? What is it? Thirty-three minutes. So why? Why? I, don't I mean, know. like why? Unless I don't know. they're just they threw thirty-three. Are they all turning the up place. the fluoride? Is that what they're telling us? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Alex Jones knows, though. This is from, like, what, 20 years ago? And the IQ of the United States has dropped between 10 and 20 points, depending on the region. Not, you know, not education level. Actual IQ, we're turning into slobbering drones, and the government just says it's okay, slobbering drones. This water, ladies and gentlemen, literally tastes like crud. I'm going <laughs> to drink some on air right now. No weapon formed against us so prosper, as the Bible says. I mean, man. I mean, you can taste that. I'm going to send this off, this water, to have how many parts per million it is. Because the government says they want one part per million, which in major studies causes upwards of a 10-point IQ to 20-point IQ reduction, depending on the study or age group in children. I have a I have a bunch of clips that I'm going to put in post after, after you uh, head out of here, Mo. But just okay. for people listening... 
Uh, there's a clip that'll be coming up after the show of scientists from the 60s and 70s talking about how toxic one part per 30 million is, how like deadly it can be. And yet we're putting one part per one million in the water. All kinds so of. I, I guess, how do we explain it for? I mean, I guess you drunk tap water the majority of your life, right? Um, my parents were always about the My dad was into InfoWars when I was like two years old, so we always had the gravity oh, okay. filters. <laughs> oh, okay. But like me, I drunk tap water almost all my life. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I just. I, it's kind of like those one thing. Is it like people susceptible to it, and then other people are not, or does it just like dim people's lights down a little bit? Or I don't know. That's, 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 it could affect yeah, people I, in totally I, I different on that ways. Kick. I mean, I got I got on that kick as well. I mean, like taking you know like the toothpaste and all that kind of stuff, which get the Tom's fluoride uh, free, which tastes like shit, but it doesn't have fluoride in it. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, get the activated Info charcoal Wars, they're toothpaste. They make a nice toothpaste. Yeah, InfoWars did make a nice toothpaste. The silver. Uh, huh? The silver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> colloidal yeah. silver toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. InfoWars yeah, products, was, man, was, no bullshit, nice. are like better and cheaper than most things you're going to get that are similar. So there's the InfoWars plug that Bimrose warned me not to do. But uh, Oh, sorry about that. No, but you're good. We're advertising on the No Agenda stream now. They're going to take us off. No. Yeah, but that's why we do value for value, right? right. If, we, if, you, if you don't, <laughs> we'll be peddling boner pills, if you yeah. know what I'm saying, if you don't support. Uh, uh, but no. Right. Um, I'm on the value for nothing model right now. One year going strong. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, I have, just haven't set up donations yet. I will one day. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, but that's that's kind of like, I mean, that's how I got started with if you love to do it, then it shines through in the work, right? It's it's not a money grab. Right. It's what people don't understand. People think they get into podcasting or truth or, you know, YouTube was a big. I think that I think that done more harm for the truther movement when it got people monetized. That, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> people's like, oh, on YouTube you can just throw up videos, right? And people will watch them, and a lot of people got you know paid. Until you know, YouTube got hip and stopped, uh, start demonetizing for uh, conspiracy theories. But then it was just like, who, like who could top who with the greatest conspiracy theory? And, and like I said, just bring our conversation full circle. To be honest with you, you just got to make your mind up. Not you, the proverbial you. You just have to make your mind up. It's like, oh, well, if, when you go back and forth or something. That's that's where they want you at. They want you stuck in the, in you know the, the perpetual doubt, being agnostic about everything. Right, and then you, what you become? Uh, I think the word is nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, nihilism. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's see see the see the slippery slope. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but if you start to say, you know what, this is not gonna come at me. Okay, let me get better water. Let me get water filters. Okay. Uh, Screen time. Let me cut that down for the kids. Uh, Clicker rate uh, on the, the TV same way. puts you in a suggestible state. Right. <laughs> that kind of <clears throat> also um, bless your food. I mean, that's something hell, I've been I'm, getting back into doing. Actually, that food episode you did, by the way, uh, was it Big Mama or something? 
It, yeah, yeah. And then and then the uh, you brought in the Boondocks episode. That was an old episode, but man, that really mm-hmm. had got that one got my noggin churning. That one really had me thinking about not just and thinking about what you put in your body, energy but and blessing food. it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big person about energy and food. I don't know how much y'all left, but I I I want to explain this one thing at least. Um, I'm a big person about energy and food, and I think if you have a loving person, fix you bacon cheeseburgers every day. It'll probably you probably live longer than buying it from McDonald's. And it mm-hmm. could be the same exact food, but you imagine somebody that hates their job <laughs> is preparing your food. You don't think that energy leaks into that food? Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. And I think that works on a, a whole do- a bunch of things besides food, but food is a great example. Um, the one you always hear um, people talk about in psychedelic circles is the chemist that made the LSD or the hippie that grew the mushrooms, that their personality, their psyche kind of bleeds into the trip. It's almost like you're the, uh, like in the oh, same I way as chef, yeah, but, in, a, in the same way yeah, as chef, uh, their, their, their energy might come through their food I, and, and enter you. It's really interesting. And I, and I believe that it's just like when you grow your own food, right? I mean, it's something about, um, when you grow your own, it's you know it's it's a joy. And I remember, like, remember my grandma, your own my great grandma. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, but I remember like, but but that too. If it's being mass produced and you know, and uh, before you had to think about, um, we was probably grown in small batches, right? Or you know, before it became you know uh, like cartels, and now it's like the legal cartels are in it. Um. Yeah, I think it's probably a different trip. Carol, uh, yeah, Carolyn Blaney just said in the chat. Uh, I think that's of the hog story. Carolyn Blaney said, "I think that's why legal weed doesn't feel right." And like I was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like I had legal weed in Colorado on the honeymoon, and I was like, it was awesome. But yeah, it's like something. It's it, there. There what the ritual wasn't there. The magic wasn't wasn't there for some reason. Yeah, and because I think, like you said, when you do something, you have that love for doing it, then it bleeds over into it. And I think that's why our food sucks. Um, I think that's why, you know, um, we don't appreciate it because <laughs> if mm-hmm. we grew it or saw it grown, you have a certain appreciation for the food. Um, but yeah, we have to, you know, I, I just think we have to start looking at that kind of thing, the energy um, transfers. Um that we experience from te- what we ingest, and that goes even with our eyes, right? I mean, I think people have enjoy our, our the stuff that we put together, uh, our podcast, because it's a labor of love. So it's not like we're not trying to trick you, you know. We're not trying to um, manipulate you, and that's why people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But whereas the news, it's like they get talking orders. Uh, a mainstream media, the M five M, it's like okay, here's the narrative. Now manipulate these people. Right. And that's why, like, once you get off of it, <laughs> it's it's like, how the hell did I ever watch this? It's just a bombardment of catchphrases after catchphrases after talking points. It's like, you know, it's it's mind numbing. Um, and you sit down and watch it for an hour at a time, like, Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> and people say like the media has gotten more and more 
propaganda driven and more corrupt, but I think it's always been like that, but the veil has been lifted. And 45 Savage was one of the key players of helping lift that veil for people to show like how bad the media is. But I mean, when he uttered when fake the news, Kennedy thing was just as bad. Like the media was horrible on that. And then I got a clip on, on uh, fluoride coming up from the forties of how bad the media was back then, even then. Well, I mean, let's see. I don't think, I think they're probably bad back then, but now they have to get over the top with it because they have competition. Back mm-hmm. then, they didn't have competition, so it's like, well, yeah. if TV you watch stations. us, you're not informed, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, but now it's like, well, we got to ratchet it up, and this is why you see more crying and more, and it's like just more, 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 more. And I think that's why wars don't even get, I think we're my, just speaking for me, for instance, I'm numb to war on television. Mm-hmm. I was, as a kid, I would sit down on, I forgot, it was like C-SPAN and watch Desert Storm, the first one. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, well. And it's like, I think that, was, that doesn't work on us anymore. I think that's, and then like the terrorism thing, that just, we got even more callous and calcified to it. Until now it's just like, okay, now we got to start with the enemy within. <laughs> this is the only thing we got left. And, and that literally, I mean that literally, the enemy within either your families or the enemy within like your actual physical body. And that's that's where they had to take it because we don't care about what goes in the Middle East. Nothing's changed. I mean, we're still over there now, but nobody cares. So it's like, oh, we need a new new enemy. You know, we need a new uh, new scare tactic, and that's where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, I've, yeah, they they had to ramp it up, and and but they, I feel like they were always that, you know, mockingbird media. Deep down, of course, um, of course, it was all the narrative was always, it's all it was always narrative driven, but I think it was it was a lot subtle, more subtle then. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm gonna try to cram in some clips in the last uh, 20 minutes we got here. I got a uh, into Dr. Okay. Groot, uh, the crackpot everybody loves, uh, back on the fluoride thing because I, uh, I think this is, I think fluoride if. If these, I mean, there's so much, so many doctors and scientists that talk about it, but I, if they're right, and I'm not smart enough to know if they are, but it seems like it, I think that is one of the best explanations for like the, uh, the sheeple, tended, for lack of a better phrase that we see out there. One of the key questions mm-hmm. is, if you run the world and you don't want competition, how do you shut down people's consciousness? How do you do that? Well, you put poisons, effectively, into the water supply that compromise these gateways of consciousness. And fluoride is one of the most powerful poisons that is routinely used for this purpose. The pineal gland is actually kind of located in the center of the brain, and it secretes two hormones, DMT and melatonin. Melatonin actually regulates your sleep cycles and it's kind of like a feel-good hormone which also helps regulate your puberty and it helps regulate all your hormone structures inside your system. Pineal gland to me is so important because it's been regarded as like the third eye and even in, in Egyptian times they call it the eye of Horus. 
They call it the pineal gland because it kind of resembles a pine cone. And if you look at the staff that the Pope has, it has a pine cone on it. And if you look at statues throughout the Vatican and throughout history, you'll see the shape of a pine cone and you'll see symbols showing the importance of the pineal gland. Now the pineal gland is also regarded in some religions as the seat of the soul or it's your gateway or your connection to God. If you know that the pineal gland is the consciousness of the human and that could be your connection with God, why not take it out? And the fastest and easiest way to take out the pineal gland and to calcify the pineal gland would be with fluoride. What do you think? Is that too out there? No, I I, I totally buy into it. And it, yeah. it and that's this. Um, it's like the God gene stuff you were talking about. Yeah, and it, and it's the calcif. I mean, and I and I I'm surprised you mean that by that clip because I've been saying this term for a while now in in my um, conversations that I have of emotional emotional calcification, right? And that's I think that buys into like it that. that you're just numb. <laughs> It's not. It's not people that are dumb. They're numb, and it's a difference. You know, <laughs> they don't. They don't feel anything. And in order to feel something, it has to be like a concentrated amount of just a jolt. Um. So yeah, I buy. I buy all. You, I'm. You, I'm. I'm. I'm putting. Picking up what you're putting down. All right. I think. I think there is something to that. And uh, like you were, you got into a little bit on with Adam on sixty one or. The last one was 61, right? I think that's what you said. Yes. You got yes. into it on uh, <clears throat> on that one with, you know, the God gene. And there's that clip of the DARPA guy from years back talking about how they can vaccinate people um, to vaccinate um, or spray stuff in the air to make uh, to change people's genetics, like terrorist genetics, to not to make them stop mm-hmm. believing in Islam and stuff. And that technology has been talked about by DARPA and, in, in, in the open actually- for a long time. I think they dis- debunked that, but I think that's one of those kind of things they laid out there to, I'm not saying the thought, the de- de- debunking the idea that they could do that, but the actual video, I think that was manufactured to, de- to debunk. And well, they, I, I just want to say. They debunked I that it was Bill come- Gates because they kind of got pushed, even though it was an old video, they pushed that it was Bill Gates, even though it wasn't. Right. But if you look at the dates and stuff on that, it's just like, I'm not going to say, I'm not disputing the fact that what was said in there was true, mm-hmm. but I think they lay these things out, and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, you remember Jesse Smollett? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> and they were like, well, and all the truth came out, and then what I think what they do with propaganda this is technique, they kick it into overdrive, and then they throw a f- false narrative in there. And one of the false narratives were, and I can never prove it, that's why I call it false, well, it would just say unproven, is that Kamala Harris was his aunt well, it was plenty enough connection between him and mm-hmm. Kamala Harris and the whole news with the anti-lynching bill was all lined up. So they're like, okay, let's throw this in here. So if you could disprove it, that it was that was his aunt, it disproves everything else. So that's right. what I'm saying. Like that, It's like, the, it's like the, the planes were holograms theory on 9-11. It's just like you throw that in there just to muddy the water. Exactly. And that, and that, but I will say this. There is a TED Talk um, saying the vaccine for war. Mm-hmm. And they basically say the same thing, except they don't say about the chemicals. They're like, well, if we can bring in the Somali pirates and <laughs> kind of like uh, mind control them, then they, you know, that's less war. Yeah. And it's right there on TED Talk. So it's like, 
you know, we don't have to reach. And I think when we reach, like, and I'm not saying you were reaching. I'm just saying when we reach for that, that mythical piece of information and then it's disproven, it just knocks the wind out of the whole movement. Um, so if you don't reach, just, you'll never have just, anything to grab onto. You know, you miss, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Of, of course, of course. I'm just saying, but um, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying about reach is if Michael Scott court, to, I believe. Yeah, so uh, well, I guess what I'm saying about reach is that I, I even said on my show, I'll say that's a Space Jam reach. When you say something, you got to think you, you're talking to people that, that uh, the un, the un, uh, unwashed. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's like when you say something that to them, and the uh, reason why I say this, I bring that clip up is. Um, when I was doing, I found that same clip when I was doing 61. And I was like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. And they had like this whole video debunking the video. Mm-hmm. And it was so well done. I was like, wait a minute. <clears throat> this is that triple cross that we talked about, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not true, then it's true, and it's not true again. It's like, and it leaves you in this stupor. Um, but yeah, I ran across that same clip. Uh, and it's some... Things on the video, it's like it's perfectly made, and even the voice of Bill Gates, <laughs> like it's like yeah, yeah it wasn't and then Bill like, Gates, even, the Dvorak pointed that, I, uh, yeah, it, 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 but, for but some they reason, made it. Like, like I said, <clears throat> they that's that they plant these landmines in the truth community. Um, like I said, I was on it. I was mm-hmm. close to you. I know exactly what clip you're talking about. Yeah, and then, yeah, we used that early but, on in the show, and yeah, it's yeah. We never, but that was before the rumors started that it was Bill Gates. Because then later I heard people say, look at this clip of Bill Gates. And I was like, I don't think that's Bill Gates. But check this out. I found articles debunking all the stuff on Bill Gates. And they use that as something to debunk uh, yep. all the other stuff. Yeah. It's amazing how they lay this stuff out here. And it's like, okay. And that's but what they just goes to show is the complexity to the controlling of the narrative. Yeah, and then... That's, like, why, you'll that's have, why I even brought it up, yeah. You'll have uh, Snopes do uh, stuff like... <laughs> like, it was Bill Gates' dad a eugenicist? And it'll be, like, false. Bill Gates' father was never... A eugenicist was never his job title. He... Right. Uh, he, he's quoted <laughs> as saying, we need to, you know, implement eugenics, but... <laughs> it's like, he was a novice yeah, eugenics. Yeah. it's eugenicist. like, come on. Um, yeah, <laughs> I got it. He uh, moonlighted. He, he moonlighted as it. So now, nah, but I just brought. I want to bring that. Like I said, I just brought that up because um, we have we we have to be very careful. Um, but yeah, check that out. It's the it's a TED talk. Uh, I think it's called the Vaccine for War or something like that. I think and I, yeah, I think I've seen that, but I'm have to get back into that. Some te- it, you, but if it, you ever want to know what the globalists are planning, man, watch some TED talks. Yeah. Or watch Sam. But Hyde's the cool thing about talk. it was they said the exact same thing. They was like, we bring the Somali pirates here and we talk to them, and you know, and that convinces them. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you're just mind controlling them, you're not spraying them with chemicals. Okay, got it. It's like yeah. same thing. It's like it's like same purpose. Maybe maybe even worse. Uh but yeah. Uh to go back to the idea of uh news being, you know, mockingbird controlled, sometimes, especially on local news, the truth will slip out, and that's always nice. Family health with Donna Terrell. Harvard researchers have found children who live in high fluoride areas have significantly lower IQs than those who live in low fluoride areas. Fluoride is added to drinking water, baby formula, and toothpaste. Further, 
The EPA says fluoride is a chemical with substantial evidence of developmentally neurotoxicity, meaning it interferes with functions of the brain. Now, I have this guy from 1976, Dr. Dean Burke. Uh, he's American biochemist, medical researcher, cancer researcher at the Kaiser Institute and the National Cancer Institute. Um, his credentials are uh, pretty pretty good. And this is him in uh, 1976 and uh, just breaking down fluoride. And there'll be a lot more where this came from in the post-show clips. Uh, but okay. this guy. Our studies involve comparing the deaths of all persons in the 10 largest fluoridated cities of the United States with the 10 largest non-fluoridated cities in the United States year by year. And we obtained a very remarkable curve, which you can see here perhaps. Here is the fluoridated and here is the non-fluoridated set of 10 cities each. Before, here's where the fluoridation started. And before this time, both sets of cities were identical. But no sooner had fluoridation started than this curve began to go up. The deaths began to increase so that this effect occurs very promptly within one, two, or five years. Now this, sir, is conclusive evidence that fluor kills because of cancer. It is one of the most conclusive bits of scientific and biological evidence that I have come across in my 50 years in the field of cancer research. Would this then, in your opinion, be the end of fluor in water, in drinking water? It should be the end, and in the United States, it should so be the end by federal law known as the Delaney Amendment, which says that anything found to induce cancer in man or animals cannot be legally put into the food or drink of man or animals. Uh, this, this, you see, amounts to public murder on a grand scale. It is a public crime, it would be, to put fluoride in the drinking water of people. I got a quick part two for that, but just it seems like fluoride is a wonder drug. It's like does everything that you want it to as far as dumbing people down, giving them cancer, cutting off their spiritual connection if that's what the pineal gland indeed does. It's like it's a it's like the Swiss army knife of of poisons. <coughs> Sounds like they need to research. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> of course you talk <laughs> about murders. Sorry, go ahead. No, that, no, you're fine. There is of course you talk about murders uh, an ethical aspect to all this a law aspect, an aspect of people's inhumanity to people. What is your uh, idea about how should this be implemented in our society? The ethical aspects of administering poison, as it were, to people. Well, I think this aspect, this murder aspect, uh, clearly indicates a very strong unethical aspect to forcing people to kill themselves. That's concerning when you have like one of the top guys in cancer research in the seventies saying that it's basically forced suicide, putting fluoride in the water. 
would explain yes. why cancer rates have skyrocketed. <clears throat> uh, just to power through these last little bits, uh, Paul Conant, PhD, another guy. Where does the fluoride come from that they add to the drinking water? It is not pharmaceutical grade fluoride. It's not the same kind of fluoride that we get in toothpaste or other dental products. Why don't they use pharmaceutical grade? It would be too expensive to use pharmaceutical grade. Okay, so what do they use? They use a waste product, a hazardous waste product from the phosphate fertilizer industry. Ugh. <laughs> it's not even like, that's something I didn't know until this last week that when I started doing a deep dive, they're getting like cheap fluoride from uh from excess waste from companies that they can't even get rid of. And the best part right. is, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll break this down after this clip. Little Abby Martin, you always got to hear from the leftists too. They're good. Interestingly, in 1944, the American Dental Association themselves published that it was not worth the health risk to fluoridate water supplies. Too bad no one heeded their warning. Because the very next year, Grand Rapids, Michigan, became the first community to fluoridate. And what happened next would not have been possible without a push from the aluminum industry, which was looking for a way to safely discard their fluoride pollution and waste. In 1947, Oscar Ewing, a paid attorney for Alcoa, the biggest aluminum company in the U.S., was picked to oversee the Public Health Service, which is now known as the Department of Health and Human Services. He then made clear his lingering ties to the aluminum industry by promoting water fluoridation as one of the first official policies of the department. From there, the policy expanded tenfold, with an additional 87 U.S. cities fluoridating within the next three years. So they first rolled out in Michigan, Grand Rapids, and even in the propaganda from the 40s and 50s, I saw they had Flint in there, of course, getting the fluoride in there. <laughs> and then uh, the best part is, Prescott Bush had his fingers all over this push to use the fluoride waste in the and get rid of it in the water supply because when they were spraying it in the air, it was causing problems. People were dying. Uh, whole farms were being destroyed. And this happened in Europe uh, originally. And then here and Prescott Bush, who was working with the Nazis, was like, let's just pump it in the water. The Nazis were doing that. It's essentially what seemed to happen. I know Prescott Bush was involved and helped Hitler's rise to power. And they, they you know, when they first put the first city, I, Grand Rapids, they first implemented fluoride in the water what year that was uh -huh. 1945 was that? the same year that operation paperclip happened where we hired all these nazi scientists yeah so this dow dow down humans yeah so, uh let's 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 just say okay let's be devil's advocate here and say um they figured out well we have this waste and it's too poisonous to put into the groundwater. I mean, if if we bury it, it's going to get into the groundwater anyway. Yeah, and by law, they can't dump it in the ocean. Right. So we'll get rid of it, and then they come back, they do studies and see, well, crime is down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, school, yeah. School, school suspensions are down. The kids are more docile. And you, going back to what you said earlier, you got to convince people that they want it. So it's like, hey, it helps your teeth. It's hilarious. And right. uh, apparently, I've heard multiple doctors and scientists explain how this worked. The original studies citing that that 
children with fluoride in their water had less cavities, it was because they literally had less teeth. So they have so less wait, cavities. Teeth fall out. <laughs> they uh, it was causing their teeth to grow in later, or their um, or the like after their baby teeth leave. And then also in adults, you know, it was uh, over fluoridation of water causes fluoridation of the teeth, which is a reflection of what it does to your whole body. You can get bone cancer and all kinds of stuff. Um, right. It's crazy how they just they <laughs> they play word games and mind games with these studies. Uh, here's this is from the 1945 rollout in uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, just. PR, just absolute PR. Uh, it's this is crazy, and I th- I think Dvorak might call this a whipsaw, but it's so bad and such a primitive whipsaw that you might need a new name. I don't know, but this is great. Here we see a beaker of Grand Rapids water supplemented with fluoride. My dentist and I went to see Dr. Winston B. Prothro, city and county health officer. We asked him some questions. Is fluoridation safe? In my opinion, he answered. It is complete. So they show this the the guy over the health in in Grand Rapids. They show him being filmed and talking, but they have the narrator tell you what he's saying, even though on film they're showing the doctor talking. <laughs> it's like, why couldn't we hear it from him? In my opinion, he answered, it is completely safe. What effect has it had on the disease rate in Grand Rapids? No ill effects whatsoever. <laughs> The death rates for most diseases have actually decreased, although we do not credit for this decline. Would you recommend that a city use fluoride in its water supply? I have recommended it since the value of fluoridation for the prevention of dental decay has become known. I would certainly recommend it for any community in which I have health jurisdiction. I'm proud of the way we protect children in their play and on the way to school. We guard them in every way possible against accidents and disease. As a result of fluoridation, our children will be healthier and happier. (laughs) They start out this report at the very beginning, saying, before they even get to fluoride, they spend maybe two, three minutes talking about it's been 21 years since a child has been killed on their way to school in Grand Rapids. And they're going through all how how safe they keep the kids. And then they go into the, and this is See? why we need fluoride in the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep, 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 it's like keep humanity safe. Yeah. So I guess the moral. Uh, I, and I can say I'm not supporting them, but I'm just, we have to rationalize, like, how did they get to this point? I mean, because. If not, it's like, are they mad people? Are they mad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, I, I think their calculus is just off. <laughs> they don't look at the sum total. It's like, well, crime, like I said, crime is down. Yeah, that's another thing that's in the uh, in the post-show clips. Uh, I mean, I shit. I could have done five hours of just fluoride clips with no neither of us talking. So I'll put, I'm putting a small chunk of them after the episode after you head out. But there's one uh, I can't remember who he is, but there's one guy, uh, doctor, talking about like, look at the um, the race riots and the war riots of the of the '60s and 
correlate that to which ones had fluoride in the drinking water at that time. The ones that didn't really oh. riot, the ones that didn't really riot, didn't. Uh, they had a lot of fluoride in the water, and the the rioting happened in places without fluoride, from what he points out. As I call the wokes, the antifas, the black lot of black lives matter inks of the world, are they drinking unfluoridated water? Because you know they're they're health conscious. <clears throat> yeah. I, I would like to do a study on that. That is that would be really interesting. And then, of course, like a lot of them probably don't <laughs> get the vaccine. Like, see, we try to tell you. <laughs> see, we try to tell you. This is what happens when we don't give kids fluoride. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot, a lot of <laughs> them, a lot of them probably don't get the vaccine. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking on that same logic you just gave, but I bet when polled, they would say that they took it. Right, and but the reason why I say that is that. Um, you have to look at after World War II, whenever you have decadence, which we had in, the, in this country uh, overall, your kids start to think, right? They don't have to worry about surviving, so you have more time to think. And it's like, okay, well, we need to curb that thinking. I mean, because like, you got to think about it. The kids are the... 45, uh, let's say you came, say you were a young man, you went to war, you came back home in the late 40s, you had kids, your kids were hippies. Yeah. Hence the reason why they had to counter uh, or co-op the counterculture. Because mm-hmm. like, this is this is terrible for capitalism. <laughs> Communes? You know, it's like... <laughs> so yeah, they had to get the, the Charlie Manson and the other MK Ultra guys to discredit the whole thing. Right. So... They say, okay, well, we can't, we, we have to adjust to this decadence that we have because the kids are not worried about anything and dumb them down. Yeah. There's a justification right there. It's like now, now you're just mindless eaters and purchasers. Useless eaters is what, uh, what Prince Philip called him, right? Is that Prince Philip? Right. But, but no, they want you to be mindless. I mean, they want you to be useful, but just mindless. And that gall yeah. goes back to interest. At the end of the day, that's what it really boils down to is like buying stuff you can't afford. That yep. way you had to pay interest on it. And that's Wait, become a wage slave. slave. Yep. For sure. That's that's it. Whereas you have kids on communes, that don't work for that system very well, does it? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um <laughs> the moral of the story I'm I uh on my end is uh buy a water filter. Uh <laughs> and bless your food. Bless your food. Yeah, bless your food. Uh one last clip wrapping it up here. Are you familiar with Sam Hyde? One of my personal favorite comedians. He got his show got canceled off after six episodes off Adult Swim because they found out he liked Trump and whatever. But No, I, I'm not familiar. This is a a kind of improvised type sketch they did on one of the episodes on Adult Swim before they got canceled. This is uh them at a bar showing you how to make uh, tap on on tap. I believe is the wordage. Now, Charles, are you being serious that this is how municipal tap water's made? Oh, yeah. If you ever go to, uh, what is it, Flint, Michigan or something, you're going to have sulfur water, things lighting on fire, you got egg water, you got all different kinds of stuff. So, you know, people are really used to this flavor. And you know what else they're used to? They're used to taking it in the ass. As in, they pay taxes and they get that water and they do nothing about it. They might scream a little bit and say, oh, our water's bad, but they end up not doing very much, so it doesn't really matter. So, 
I like to emulate that sort of uh, that sentiment of paying taxes, paying really high taxes and getting nothing in return, not even clean water. <laughs> Sometimes I'm feeling like really angry. Like I don't know if it's a testosterone thing, but the problem with anger is that an angry population of people, when their government doesn't even provide them with clean water or even like fix the streets potholes, you know, when the taxes get like that, people with a lot of anger or testosterone usually flip cars over and sometimes even kill politicians. Can't and I hate that shit, you can't have that. No. So, I usually put birth control in every concoction that I make. It's gone from a tap water to a martini now, so we're really just enjoying it. But the original recipe still just as, ugh. He's literally just squeezing crest toothpaste into his uh, tap water in a martini glass. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this, got, this stuff came out so thick. I was gonna spice yours up a bit. <laughs> Do you like it a lot? Okay, guys, thanks for thanks for enjoying this tap water. We should all taste it. Here's to life. Here's to you guys. <laughs> Here's to you, Mo. I really appreciate you taking the time with me tonight, and this has been this has been fun. I I really hope anybody that happens to be listening to this that hasn't uh, listened to MoFax. I mean, what are you doing? Go ahead and check it out. And if you have <laughs> been listening to MoFax with Adam Curry, go to MoFundMe.com. Show them some value for value love because they're doing the Lord's work. I appreciate that. Also, follow me on YouTube. And the reason why I say that is, even though we're trying to get off of YouTube, YouTube is the eyeballs, mall of eyeballs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it help, if we can get inside the algorithm, it'll help spread the word even further. So I like to say that as well. I mean, you got to use that. You got to use this stuff against them, right? So Right. Yeah. Um, man. I had a ball. I appreciate you inviting me on. And I hope to come back again. Dude, I love it. And yeah, thanks so much. I'm not gay, but Mo was a very sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> you take it easy, Mo. MoFundMe.com, everybody. Head there and spread the love. Have a good night, Mo. All right, same to you. And then as I always say, pay attention to everything. And, and the, the truth, truth will reveal, will itself. reveal itself. Beautiful. Take it easy, man. All right. Cool. To barren waste without the taste of water, cool water. water. Oh, Dan and I with throats burned dry and souls that cry for water, water. cool, water. clear. Moving Dan, don't you listen to him, Dan He's a devil, not a man He spreads the burning sand with water Dan, can you see that big green tree Where the water's running free And it's waiting there for me And you The nights are cool and I'm a fool each star's a pool of water, cool water. water. But with the dawn, I'll wake and you 
Keep a moving, Dan. Don't you listen to him, Dan. He's a devil, not a man. He spreads the burning sand with water. Dan, can you see that big green tree where the water's running free and it's waiting? Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Abs and a Six-Pack. Thanks for chatting along in the new chat room, courtesy of Void Zero and Duano. Thanks to executive producers of this episode, Boo Berry and Sir Spencer. And I am going to leave you with a pretty extensive clip list here in case you just weren't convinced that fluoride is probably not good. All right. Alrighty then. Yeah. We're developing a society because of all of these different toxins known to affect brain function. We're seeing a society that not only has a lot more people of lower IQ, but a lot fewer people of higher IQ. In other words, a dumbing down, a chemical dumbing down of society. So everyone's sort of mediocre. That leaves them dependent on government because they can't excel. We have these people of lower IQ who are totally dependent then we have this mass of people who are going to believe anything they're told because they can't really think clearly. And very few people of very high IQ who have good cognitive function who can figure this all out. And that's what they want. So, you know, you can kind of piece it together as to why they are so insistent in spending so many hundreds of millions of dollars of propaganda money to dumb down society. If you took your six-month-old baby and dropped it on its head on purpose, you would lose that child if you were seen doing it, and you should. If you're wondering why it's like a zombie apocalypse out there and why there's mental illness everywhere and why people seem so incredibly stupid, it's because the Soviets, the communist, the, the proto-globalist that took over had work camps and they put hydrofluorosilicic acid in the water and lots of other stuff to test it on the people in the gulags. I went to HEB this morning, the crew did, walked right in, it says HEB baby fluoride water. Let's zoom right in on that. And notice it shows you the target. It's kind of like buying a box of 30-odd six rifle shells Rifle rounds, and on the cover's a deer. Oh, I mean, oh, baby, it's time to kill brain cells. So much more fun to take our time. And then it's bye-bye brain, and you've got a good automaton. We have been fluoridating our water in Tennessee for more than 50 years, but never before has there been more talk than that fluoridating our water 
might be a bad idea and a health risk. Tonight, Dennis Ferrier has the latest developments on a story that impacts all of us. Joey Hensley is a respected physician. He's also a Tennessee state lawmaker. He is now combining those two professions to make a very strong point. We've been doing it 50 years, uh, but just because we've been doing something 50 years doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Hensley's talking about something most of us don't even think about, fluoridating water. After much research, the doctor has sent out a letter to every water district in Tennessee asking them to stop fluoridating water. The evidence, he says, fluoride works better when you rub it on your teeth, not when you drink it. That fluoridation is medication added to water without your permission, and that's wrong. But most of all, because the National Research Council believes young children are getting three to four times the dose of fluoride as adults. And now the American Dental Association is telling mothers not to make baby formula with fluoridated water because of fear of dental fluorosis. And that's big news, and that really hasn't been uh, uh, publicized very much. Health researcher Dan Stockton believes that this ADA warning about baby formula and fluoride is just the beginning. This, the ramifications of this are so huge, I'm sure that the state health department hasn't quite figured it out yet. Because, see, once the door cracks, and it is now for what it does to teeth, the next group, one of the next groups that's going to start raising their hands and saying, what about us? is people who are on dialysis and people who have borderline kidney damage and impairment. Then there's all the people that have hypothyroidism. Scientists like Nobel Prize winner Arvid Carlson and a large group of EPA scientists have called for the banning of fluoride because we don't know how much we're ingesting, so we don't know if we're being poisoned. There are so many potential legal things about to happen that as a taxpayer, I think it would be really, really smart for the water districts and the metro Nashville. Look, just if people want fluoride, let them use fluoridated toothpaste and spit it out. But don't go poisoning everyone. Don't be, don't continue this after everyone knows all this information now, just because it's not convenient. Uh, Dr. Hensley has already had one response. Spring City in Ray County is going to stop fluoridating its water. And it is that simple. I mean, there's no law. It's all voluntary, Dan, so anyone can turn on the fluoride or turn it off. Dennis, let's make sure we're clear on this. Fluoride it is in tea, it's in coffee, it's in water, it's in bread, it's in toothpaste, but it's actually a poison, right? It's, it sure is, and here's the, the quickest evidence. Go to your uh, bathroom and pick up your uh, toothpaste, and you'll see a warning that if you, a child swallows more than a pea-sized amount of toothpaste, call poison control. Wow. The concern about fluoride and the effect on the thyroid is multifold. We know from history that fluoride was used as a drug in the treatment of hypothyroidism. So there's clearly a relationship between fluoride exposure and, um, and the thyroid gland. Fluoride was used to suppress hyperactive thyroid, uh, especially in Europe back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, and the doses that were used to suppress thyroid activity are now uh, in the range that people are getting in the, in the U.S. from this vast overexposure to fluoride. There is a consistent body of literature that indicates that fluoride exposure does reduce thyroid function in humans and in experimental animals, and that the exposures in humans associated with these effects are in the range of exposures that are expected with people who drink fluoridated water. A large percentage of the population in the United States does have some problem with the thyroid gland. The uh, large number of people who have hypothyroid, underactive thyroid now, 
may very well be related to the fact that there's so much fluoride in the environment. The effects of hypothyroidism, even probably borderline hypothyroidism, are things like depression, lethargy. When a person just doesn't feel like getting up and doing anything, uh, there are obviously a lot of things that can cause that, but low thyroid function is among them. A hypothyroid individual should definitely be concerned about drinking fluoridated water because it would take a very serious clinical condition and it could make it even worse. Interesting topic, fluoride. Um, we, were, we were talking about that a little bit before the show and you had mentioned, I, I, I was talking about the fluoride with the uh, uh, Alcoa and, and that mess and how the fluoride got introduced into the American water supply in American municipalities, but you had mentioned about before that with uh, Germany. Yes. Um, the initial use <laughs> of fluoride. One of the initial uses of fluoride before dentistry, they had uh, our previous president, George W., his father was an industrialist and had uh, his industry produced fluoride. You're talking about Prescott? Yes, Prescott. Okay. Gotcha. Prescott Bush. Gotcha. Uh, his companies produced fluoride. They didn't know what to do with this. They actually sold it to Germany during World War II to use to sedate the POWs, prisoners of war. In the concentration camps. In the concentration camps. Because one of the one of the side effects, or maybe not even a side effect, one of the intended effects one of, the of fluoride is. If you want to look at it as a side effect, you can look at it as a side effect. But if you look at the race riots in the 60s, and which cities were fluoridated first, mm -hmm. one questions whether it was a side effect or, or an not, intended effect or an intended effect. But regardless of, of which, whether it was intended or a side effect, what it does is it makes folks docile. Yeah. It, 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 um, it makes them lose their will and it makes them submit. You hear Americans have turned into sheep. Right. And you hear it constantly. And I see it constantly. Mm -hmm. No one is willing to actually fight for what they know is right anymore. Very few. And that's with the exception of our soldiers who I have the highest admiration mm -hmm. for. But as a public we have become so docile and sheep-like and will listen to information we know is false but if it's repeated long enough we start to believe it mm -hmm. and if you combine fluoride in all the city water supplies fluoride in the toothpaste now we're supposed to get a specific dose one milligram a day or one, yeah, I think it was one milli milligram a day for the, uh, teeth. The only measurement that I'm familiar with is the one part per million in Or one water. part per million. I'm not sure I'm sorry. about the, the, I knew the, it wasn't a milligram. It was right. one part per million in your water supply. But what people don't realize is the water supply makes sodas. Same juices. water. Juices. Juices on the shelves. On your shelves. Everything right. that has water the in it. The same water supply is used to irrigate crops. Right. So your one part per million quickly grows to four, five, six parts per million, which was what they were using to sedate prisoners of war. And then you have folks that are on prescription Prozac, which is 90% fluoride. 
Right. In Prozac, people don't know that, 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 that 90% component of Prozac is fluoride. Yeah, don't get me into psychiatric drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. That, We'd have to do another show there, Dr. That would be That would be a whole different show. What is really interesting is if you look at the number of shootings in schools, for example, by children, what they never bring out anymore, they did at Columbine, they admitted at Columbine that these children were on psychotropic drugs. Right. They're not admitting it anymore. But all the kids are. All of them are. Yeah. yeah. Psychotropic drugs, uh, the first thing that you should ask, if I were a defense attorney and I had someone that had been a wonderful father and wonderful provider and wonderful husband and all of a sudden he kills his family, what psychotropic drugs was he started on mm -hmm. because he was feeling tired or depressed? And there will always be something. Usually there is. Mm. and. This is never publicized. And you wonder why you're depressed or you're tired? Look at your food and water supply. Mm -hmm. uh, first, first thing, Right. look at what you're taking into your body. Uh, Which, if you ask modern physicians, is pure quackery. They're taught that that's not even part of the equation that food and nutrition have nothing to do with health. It, it's funny. In my practice, I had about 70% of my practice were physicians and their families. And these were the doctors that were progressive, open-minded, hungry for knowledge, and the best in their fields. You can always tell doctors that are really good because they're not threatened by new knowledge. The ones that are threatened are the ones you don't want to be going to anyway. If you go to a doctor and you say, does my diet have anything to do with my health? And he said, no. And they say, no, diet doesn't mean anything. Don't ever go back to that doctor right. again. Fire him. You know, fire the doctor because he's not doing his job, he's not doing his homework, and he's not reading any studies because there are thousands. So, you know, people should be more aggressive with their physicians as far as demanding proper care. Mm -hmm. And if they're not getting it, they should have no trouble, no qualms about firing their physician mm. as long as we still have that right. Good morning, Chairman Smith and Chairman Crapo and fellow staff workers. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to appear today to present the views of the union on the issue of fluoridation of public water supplies. Our union represents the staff, scientists, lawyers, and others who analyze hazard exposure and economic data and advise management how to use them in public health protection. I'm not here today to speak for EPA, but rather the union, founded 17 years ago to protect EPA workers from unethical pressure by EPA managers. It was on that basis in 1985 that we first got involved in this issue. In 1997, we voted to oppose fluoridation, and our opposition has grown stronger as more adverse data on the practice has come in. In the interest of time, let me state our recommendations first. We ask that you order an independent review of the cancer bioassay of sodium fluoride mandated in 1977 by Congress. Evidence for carcinogenicity in that assay was systematically downgraded by a special executive branch commission 
appointed and run by the very agencies that Congress did not trust to run the uh, bioassay in the first place. That action saved fluoridation temporarily. We ask that you order chronic toxicity studies on the two waste products that are now used in 90% of fluoridation programs. EPA says there are at present no chronic toxicity data on them, and we ask that you order EPA set an MCL for fluoride that's truly protective of all American citizens, infants and adults alike, because the current one does not in violation of the Safe Drinking Water Act. We ask that you order epidemiology studies using dental fluorosis as an index of exposure to determine the extent of other toxic effects, especially effects on the brain and bone in the population that are attributable to fluoride. We ask that you convene a, a joint congressional committee to give this issue the full airing that it deserves. It's been 23 years since the last one, and it's high time for a new one. I offer the following in support of these recommendations. The American people, and especially our children, are getting way too much fluoride. Two-thirds of children living in fluoridated communities have dental fluorosis in at least one tooth. Dental fluorosis is the visible manifestation of toxic overexposure to fluoride during their developmental years. The initial findings of the cancer bioassay were for clear evidence of carcinogenicity, and that is consistent with several epidemiology and many mutagenesis studies. The protected pollutant status that fluoride enjoys within EPA and other federal establishments is remarkable, as the charts over here show. EPA stated regarding the chemical used in 90% of fluoridated communities that, quote, by recovering flusilicic acid from fertilizer manufacturing, water and air pollution are minimized and water authorities have a low cost of fluoride. In other words, EPA's solution to pollution by this waste product is dilution, as long as it's not dumped into rivers and lakes, but rather directly into drinking water systems. Congressman Calvert of the House Science Committee has letters of inquiry out to EPA and other federal entities on this subject. The 1983 report of a Surgeon General's panel on fluoride to EPA was altered without consultation or notification of the panel members so as to help EPA justify an outrageous set of drinking water standards promulgated in 1986. The results of a 50-year experiment conducted in Kingston and Newburgh, New York show that there's no overall difference in dental caries rates between the two communities, but there's a significantly higher incidence of dental fluorosis in the fluoridated community. Since 1994, there have been six studies that show adverse effects of fluoride on the brain, even at the so-called optimum level of one part per million. The epidemiology studies that we recommend above should make a prime effort to look at brain effects, given the national concern over attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder and autism in our children. Three trial judges since 1978 made findings of fact that water fluoridation poses an unreasonable risk to the American people. Fluoridation proponents like to say that there's no real controversy about fluoridation, and they're right. When these three disinterested trial judges heard weeks of testimony, they came to the same conclusion that our union did about the unreasonable risks involved. The findings of fact remain untouched in those uh, uh, trials today. Recent publications indicate a link between the use of silico fluorides for fluoridation and elevated blood lead levels in children and antisocial behavior. And leading <clears throat> dental researchers are changing their views on the safety and efficacy of fluoridation. Doctors John Calhoun and Hardy Lineback, both former spokespersons for fluoridation, have published recantations of their former position. On behalf of EPA's professional community, I urge the subcommittee to convene a select committee for a national review of water fluoridation. It's high time we do that, and I'd be happy to take questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Hertzi. Uh, Mr. Hersey, before I yield, Mr. Chairman, um, Mr. Hersey, I know you're an employee of the EPA, and I'm assuming that your views conflict with the agency on the issue of, uh, of uh, fluoridization. Is that correct? 
given the fact that EPA has set the maximum contaminant level as indicated on the chart at 4,000 uh, parts per billion and the so-called optimum level is 1,000 parts per billion, one could assume that. Uh, a citizen inquired of uh, uh, Congressman Bob Young uh, to ask EPA about the American Dental Association listing EPA as an endorser of fluoridation. Um, the then Assistant Administrator for Water, Bob Perciuseppi, wrote back to Congressman Young and said that uh, EPA had, had asked ADA to take EPA's name off the lists of endorsers of fluoridation. So it's a wash. EPA, I think, is uh, playing the good federal soldier in supporting this program that's been a federal mandate, uh, more or less, for had, 50 had, years. But uh, officially, it, it's, it's not on the list of endorsers. You, you cited several studies, um, which were very interesting. I saw them in your, in your statement. Um, what, what kind of, um, are, these, are these basically uh, independent studies with no peer review or have, has there been sufficient peer review uh, to give these, these studies more credibility or not? Now, the ones that are, are of most concern to us are the, the peer-reviewed studies that have appeared in uh, neurotoxicology and teratology and brain research uh, in 1995 through 1998. The work of Phyllis Mullinex, for instance, uh, indicated that when uh, rats were dosed, uh, pregnant uh, dams were dosed with, with fluoride, that would result in serum levels in the brain of the, of the pregnant dams that mimic serum, serum levels in human beings drinking water at that, at that maximum contaminant level. The dams gave birth to pups that were hyperactive, born hyperactive, remained hyperactive throughout their life. Huh? The dams gave birth to pups that were hyperactive, born hyperactive, remained hyperactive throughout their life. If that was the that was the reference in my testimony to asking for a uh, epidemiology study that looked after that particular uh, endpoint. Um, also, in that same journal in 1998, a, a group of Chinese workers published the results. Um, of some research in which they gave uh, basically the same doses that the Mullinex group did and indicated that there was a depletion of certain critical uh, uh, chemicals in the brain, basically lipids that uh, uh, constitute the uh, neuronal membrane that, that could explain the, uh, on a mechanistic basis the outcome of the Mullinex study. Then in brain research in 1998, uh, a group of researchers which included an EPA scientist found that at one part per million uh, sodium fluoride resulted in, in changes in the cerebrovasculature in the test animals and also kidney damage. Mr. Olson, do you, do you share the concerns expressed by Dr. Hersey on fluoride? Well, I don't consider myself an expert on fluoride, but um, we certainly think that, uh, first of all, you should know that we sued over the original fluoride standard um, over 10 years ago urging that the standard be dropped. We thought a standard of more in the neighborhood of one or below was more appropriate because um, EPA admits that there are dental fluoroses, um, spots that occur on children's teeth when you get up to the four part per million level. Um, and there is a lot of science, as Dr. Herdsey suggests, that's come out since then. So I guess our view is that certainly there is definitely a need for a um, careful peer review of, of all these new data. And there are significant concerns that have been raised over the last five years from some of the studies. Um, we don't have a position right now on what the standard should be, but we think that a careful 
peer review and an open process to look at that new science is definitely called for. All right, you will know here where the uh, fluorine has just been introduced that there is a distinct stimulation of all the cells as they react to the poison. This we take to be a defense mechanism. Then things begin to slow up and reproduction is definitely inhibited. Here we have another demonstration of the destruction of cells by a perfusion of one part in 30 million. Notice the swelling of the mitochondria in the body of the cells. Notice the compaction of the material in the center or vital spot, which we call the nucleus of the cells. That too is evidence of injury. Note the swelling of the membranes around the cells. This makes it impossible for them to absorb foodstuff. Note they're shriveling up now. There are no cells dividing. All is becoming still. Most of the cells are dead or dying. This demonstrates the toxicity of this material. In summary, I wish to make it very clear again that this film, which you have just seen, is a graphic record of what we and Drs. Berry and Trillwood have seen in our cultures when they were perfused with dilute solutions of sodium fluoride. This film itself is presented here only to show that mammalian cells in tissue cultures can be and are damaged by fluorides, and some even killed when their contact with sodium fluoride is in the concentration of one part in 30 million. And we do have photographic records showing almost the same thing in one part in 60 million. Poisonous sodium fluoride in these concentrations may not be toxic enough to kill the cells or to destroy an organ or possibly the individual himself. Nevertheless, in human bodies, such poisons are subtle, insidious, and if prolonged over months and years, as in this case where fluoridated water is being used, chronic disorders and upsets of function in one or more of the vital organs may ensue. Outward manifestations of such toxic effects may not be apparent at the time to the victim or to his physician. But the constant drinking of fluoridated water may bring about a gradual accumulation of damaged and scarred tissue in the various organs, resulting in the production of many vague complaints in some or in nearly all parts of the body. This makes it most difficult for the physician to diagnose unless one is very alert to the effects of fluoridated water and its consumption. To sum up all this then, one is forced to conclude that the safety of fluoridation has not yet been proved. 
The experiments that you have just seen cast most serious doubt on the safety of fluoridation. We feel compelled to agree with the Congressional Committee on Food and uh, Drugs and Chemicals, who, after extensive investigations under the Honorable James J. Delaney of New York, way back some years ago, 1952, questioned the safety of fluoridation and urged caution. And above all, they emphasized the need for more research, even before anyone would consider fluoridation. To all this, we most heartily do agree. The proponents of fluoridation have not produced this research. The safety of fluoridation still needs to be proved. And we who have made this a film from over 24,000 photographs in continuity under the microscope at intervals of exactly 39 seconds between each film bring you this demonstration of toxic effects of fluoridation. We have only begun our research into the effects of drinking fluoridated water. We ask for your support. People often ask us, where does the fluoride come from that they add to the drinking water? And I'm afraid the sad response is, an accurate response is, it is not pharmaceutical grade fluoride. It's not the same kind of fluoride that we get in toothpaste or other dental products. Why don't they use pharmaceutical grade? It would be too expensive to use pharmaceutical grade. Okay, so what do they use? They use a waste product, a hazardous waste product, from the phosphate fertilizer industry. For about 100 years, the process for making soluble phosphate to use as a fertilizer is to take insoluble phosphate rock, dig up that rock, and then add concentrated sulfuric acid. And that reaction between those two chemicals puts off two very toxic gases, hydrogen fluoride, HF, and silicon tetrafluoride, SIF4. And over the 100 years, many examples of severe poisoning of the local environment. The fluoride gases and dust falls on the grass. The cows eat the grass. It cripples the cows, ruins the teeth, and so on. And the EPA required the phosphate fertilizer industry to put a scrubber on, a spray of water. And that spray of water converts these two gases, hydrogen fluoride and silicon tetrafluoride, to a new substance called hexafluorosilicic acid, H2SIF6. Now, this is where we get to the bizarre point. They can't dump this scrubbing liquor containing hexafluorosilicic acid into the sea by international law. They can't dump it locally because it's far too concentrated and corrosive. But if they sell it to somebody, if somebody is willing to buy this, it becomes a product under hazardous waste regulations. If the chemical industry can sell uh, a waste, a hazardous waste product, it then becomes a product. And for the chemical industry, that makes sense. And for the EPA, it makes sense for industry to be recycling its toxic chemicals rather than dumping them somewhere. But in this case, it doesn't make sense at all because it allows the public water uh, suppliers, when they buy this stuff, it becomes a product, then they put it in the drinking water, and we're exposed to it. With less oversight than there would be if it was treated as a hazardous waste.
There's another issue that the hexafluorosilicic acid has in it, uh, in the process of making it other contaminants, arsenic, lead, mercury, even traces of radioactive isotopes. And the, the question to any decision maker in the public is, do you really want um, trace amounts of these materials, especially when the EPA says about arsenic and lead, there are no safe levels uh, because they, they are human carcinogens. So any level of arsenic exposure, any level of lead exposure, potentially will increase cancer rates in the United States. And that's why, to many people, it's unpalatable to be drinking what has originated as a hazardous waste product from the phosphate fertilizer industry. Now, Dr. Burke, your research shows that if all of the United States had been fluoridated, it would mean about 70,000 extra deaths because of cancer per annum. Those are remarkable, impressive, and in fact rather disquieting figures. Could you shortly describe your research in this field and what results did you get from it? Yes. The 70,000, of course, represents, would represent one-fifth of all the cancer deaths in the United States, twice as many from breast cancer in women and twice as many as from lung cancer in man. Uh, to our studies involve comparing the deaths of all persons in the ten largest fluoridated cities of the United States with the ten largest non-fluoridated cities in the United States year by year. And we obtained a very remarkable curve which you can see here perhaps. Here is the fluoridated and here is the non-fluoridated set of 10 cities each. Before, here's where the fluoridation started. And before this time, both sets of cities were identical. But no sooner had fluoridation started than this curve began to go up. The deaths began to increase so that this effect occurs very promptly within one, two, or five years. Now this, sir, is conclusive evidence that fluor kills because of cancer. It is one of the most conclusive bits of scientific and biological evidence that I have come across in my 50 years in the field of cancer research. Would this then, in your opinion, be the end of fluor in water, in drinking water? It should be the end, and in the United States, it should so be the end by federal law known as the Delaney Amendment, which says that anything found to induce cancer in man or animals cannot be legally put into the food or drink of man or animals. And so uh, and this is all less than one year old, so that it entirely changes any previous ideas of fluoridation that anyone may have had, because this is the first real indication of an important effect. Now, in, uh, in, in this country, of course, the state of the, uh, the dental state of the Union, the way people's teeth look, is incredible indeed. Would you say that uh, stopping fluor had other effects than increasing the dental problems in this country? Well, I would rather look at it that it would certainly help the
cancer death situation in this country, which I'm sure most people would agree is far more important than a temporary benefit to teeth in adolescent children. Uh, this, this, you see, amounts to public murder on a grand scale. It is a public crime, it would be, to put fluoride in the drinking water of people. Now, the children of this cameraman and mine, sir, take fluoride. Should we stop this immediately? Well, in my opinion, if they were my children, uh, they would not take it anymore. I can only recommend for myself, but I would suggest to you that they stop it. Is there a difference uh, in having fluor in drinking water or administering little fluor pills to children? Well, of course, the little fluor pills are a much smaller proposition than drinking gallons of water per day or per week, as well as taking a bath in it and washing your automobile in it and watering your lawns. That's a very massive thing compared to uh, brushing teeth with fluoridated toothpaste. But uh, our work is immediately concerned with drinking water. What happens to toothpaste, I'm quite willing to uh, let the future studies go into that in more detail. There is, of course, you talk about murder, sir, an ethical aspect to all this, a law aspect, an aspect of people's inhumanity to people. What is your uh, idea about how should this be implemented in our society? The ethical aspects of administering poison, as it were, to people. Well, I think this aspect, this murder aspect, uh, clearly indicates a very strong unethical aspect to forcing people to kill themselves. Well, what uh, the Europeans found out long before we did is that when you have manufacturing in which releases fluorine gas, hydrogen fluoride gas, that that gas is extremely toxic uh, at concentrations far less than what you're adding to water. Uh, so when you breathe it, it's, it's much more toxic. Uh, they had incidences uh, where the gas would be trapped in a valley and killed uh, hundreds of people or, or made thousands sick. So the Europeans very early knew how toxic fluoride was, and they made sure that all these plants uh, had special safeguards to prevent that from ever happening again. Well, we had the same sort of accidents in the United States in which the fluorine gas was released. Uh, Cattle were killed, cattle were born with mutations, uh, the farmers were uh, sickened, crops were ruined because it'll destroy plants just like it will humans. Well, we had this tremendous effect from these, this gas being released from an aluminum plant. The idea was that at the same time, the Manhattan Project had to use a lot of fluoride to purify uranium to make the bombs. Uh, and they were making tons of it, and they were farming it out to various companies like DuPont and Alcoa Aluminum. Uh, when they were doing this purification process, a lot of this hydrogen fluoride gas was being released into the atmosphere and it damaged all these farms around it. The government was keeping secret records of the effect that fluoride was having on neurological function, in other words, the brain, high, the ability to think and neurological effects. They also recorded the fact that when uh, the workers that were working around the flooring 
uh, gas uh, lost their teeth and they made the notation that they had fewer cavities because they had fewer teeth. Some were completely dentures, they didn't have any teeth. Uh, it was at that point that all of these uh, companies were at risk of being sued uh, because of people damaged around their plants and because of farms destroyed and farm animals. So to prevent lawsuits, they needed a way to say that fluoride was completely safe. Uh, the owner of the uh, Alcoa Aluminum Company happened to be the Secretary of Treasury, which uh, under his uh, power was the U.S. Uh, Public Health Service. So they concocted a plan to uh, uh, say that putting fluoride in water prevented cavities. Uh, and they hired a dentist to go around the country and look at places that had normally high fluoride. And what they found was uh, that the places uh, that had natural high fluoride, there was fewer cavities. And again, it was based on the fact that these kids had delayed eruption of their teeth, so they had fewer teeth and had fewer cavities. The dentist that actually did the study also made the notation that these children had severe fluorosis, that is destruction of their teeth by the fluoride. And he recommended that fluoride not be added to water, that the main problem was try to get fluoride out of the water. And he also made the notation that there was scientific literature at the time that showed that fluoride at that concentration caused DNA damage and was a cellular toxin. The American Dental Association at that time even came out and asked him not to put fluoride in water that in fact it was a uh, protoplasmic poison. But after they were uh, approached by the U.S. Public Health Service, they changed their mind. All of the literature began to change and they began to put fluoride in the water. And every court case that came up for a lawsuit, they say, how could it be possibly poisonous when they're adding it to water to prevent cavities? And that's why it was in the water. Do you see um, any other examples? That makes me think of like going into a used bookstore and seeing an old medical text from like the 1940s or whatever and seeing how their description of different conditions can be very different. And a lot of that has to do obviously with discoveries, but a lot of that also has to do, it seems like, with a different presentation of things like fluoride or whatever. Can you think of other examples of how the well, truth like changes? Like mercury in the, in the early literature, that is from the 1800s to the 1920s, uh, there was an extensive scientific literature about the toxicity of mercury. Uh, and in fact, in the very first uh, dental association, uh, it was uh, a rule that you could not fill teeth with mercury because it was so toxic and that everyone knew from the scientific literature that it caused brain toxicity and nerve toxicity and even heart toxicity. Uh, so they would be thrown out of the dental association if they put mercury in people's teeth. Well, so many dentists were putting mercury in teeth, violating the rule, that that dental society collapsed. They formed their own society called the American Dental Society, and then they started endorsing putting uh, mercury fillings in the teeth, and that's how that came about. So it shows that despite all of this massive scientific evidence and clinical evidence, of the harmful effect of mercury, uh, for profit, they changed the scientific literature. Uh, now, it didn't mean that after that there was scientific evidence that mercury was not harmful. It's just they quit talking about it, and they began to lie about it, saying the mercury wasn't released from the teeth, even though there was hard scientific evidence that shows the mercury is released from the teeth and that it produces brain damage. 
We're going through the same thing with vaccines. We've gone through the same thing with monosodium glutamate, and we've gone through the same thing with aspartame. Uh, they change the scientific impression that the public sees so that they can sell their product. Day I faced a barren waste without the taste of water. Cool water. Old Dan and I with throats burned dry and souls that cry for water. A-C-K.com. Now, Noah, what is going on? You know, you were too late to record abs and a six-pack. And if you don't pull yourself together, the jihadis and feminists will crawl out from under your bed at night. I know abs and a six-pack is a bad show, but what else do you have going on?
Thank you. 